Yeah! Welcome back. This is it. Fuck, bro. I'm not going to lie. I'm over my illness. You feeling better now? I feel so good. I woke up today. I shadow boxed in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. And then I headbutted myself. Fucking willing it. Yo, I woke up today. I woke up early because my stomach was on fire. I thought I'd caught what you had. I went to the toilet. had one of my worst shits in four weeks. Describe it. And it was like a four-day like, build-up. I went back to Manchester for the weekend. I didn't poo once. So I was building up like... A lot of craziness. That sound, what are you eating? Like quite normal stuff. Chicken and yeah. potatoes. Chicken and rice. Chicken and potatoes. Steak and potatoes. We're both still on the, the health grind. Um, and that's important because as we're on this journey to bettering ourselves, and I'm not going to lie, I, I was thinking about this last night. I'm very proud of you, Chip. You know? Thank you. Because I went, I went on and I saw like the activity that you're up to. Yeah. And you're sticking to this. I'm not going to lie. There was a part of me that just said, you know, you're one party invite away from canning this thing yeah. off. But I have to admit, I'm, I'm, I'm proud. Bro, I was a day one hater, bro. I thought you'd fail instantly. You were a day one hater, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, certain man couldn't even take up the challenge. But yeah. <laughs> 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 No, I'm joking. Proddy's got uh, all-inclusive, you know. Um, but yeah, we're here today because uh, we have a very special guest who's hopefully going to enlighten us and, and help us along our journey. Yeah. It is none other than James Smith. Welcome <laughs> in. Uh, look at that. Very real wow. lift. Yeah, thank you very much. How was, the, how was the journey up in the lift? Was it... Uh... Oh, my ears popped a little bit coming up. Yeah, yeah. we're high up here, man. It does get like that, honestly. How are you? Very well. Thank you for having me. No, no. thanks for coming, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, you... Um, I, I didn't realize this. So when I actually invited you on, I thought you lived in the UK. But you don't. No, I'm in Australia. And then I watched the video about, like, you were there like, Australia, I'm over here. Or was it, a, or maybe it was a, a clip from something. But um, it's weird. I don't know what it is about the people that we have on here. They always have some tie to Australia. Yeah. The last person we had on, it's a great Australia, fucking place. So. It is a fucking class place. Whereabouts do you live there? So I was in Bondi for five years, which yep. if you're like a single young man, it's the place to mm -hmm. go. It's like probably the shagging we capital of the world. We did. We we, we didn't get up we to went any to of where? that. What, what was it called? Bondi again? Beach. Yeah. Oh, did we go there? No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Byron Bay. No, no we went Byron Bay. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, good. No, no, but that's in Sydney. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so we, we, we did. We were in Sydney. Yeah. So like, it's it's an amazing place. But I, whenever I meet people in Dubai that are like loving Dubai, I'm like, have you ever been to Oz? They're like, nah. I'm like, Dubai is a great place for people that have never been to Australia. Yeah, like, really? that's, yeah. That's the way I see it. And again, with Dubai, I used to hate it, but I just realized I was poor. Like yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. of those places. But in Australia, though, you can be poor and have the best life. Mm -hmm. Like I went there backpacking. In 2016, to begin with, I had like 3,000 followers on Facebook. I thought I was no. big time. Yeah. And uh, recognize left, right, and center out there. Yeah. And it's like perfectly normal for a 27 year old to like be in a hostel, like mm. finding himself, uh -huh. which have a nice midlife crisis. It was the best place for me. And then I just, I couldn't leave. When I came back, I, you don't realize how gray the skies are here until <sighs> you've spent a few months overseas. It's yeah. mad, isn't it? Me, it's depressing. It, all right, so it's Chip has been on to me for so long now. And I think, I think this year might be the year that we do don't. it. No, no, no. This year, no, no, no. Don't I don't know where, I don't know where we're going. I don't know where we're going, but the months of January to sort of like March, April genuinely give, like it's seasonal depression. Like it's yeah. so shit here that three months, we, 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 we want to just do a three month stint anywhere else um and the, the thing is i love the idea of australia it's just really fucking far and the time zones because we have a lot of work to be done here yeah. it's just too much but some well, the place that i really want to go to is mm. a place like portugal great weather it around, to be fair around january to march you're probably looking at like 60 17 18 degrees but that's still so much better than here the sun should be out 
What, what is that the one of the reasons why you moved was just because like just the weather? Well, the time, well, first of all, the time difference thing. I actually love it. So I wake up usually in the summer. If you get up at say seven a.m., it's eight p.m. in the UK. Mm. So I used to drop content when I woke up. I'd go have like three coffees, think of an idea, quickly record it, bung the edit together, and get it out for like nine p.m. Yeah. Then I would watch like the first hour, like look at the stats, be like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> thousand, thousand likes. Yeah. But then the UK go to sleep and shut the fuck up. So during the day, you've got Bondi Beach to yourself. Like you'd see your mates, go for a swim, like, you know, do whatever you want. And then just as you're starting to slow down towards the end of the day at 5 p.m., people start waking up. And when they give you tasks, you're like, yeah, I'll do it when I wake up. So like, I actually uh, like being left alone for the majority of the day. But the hardest thing is that like out there, the culture isn't quite like it is here where if I set up a podcast there, like a studio like this, there'd just be tumbleweeds rolling around it as I'm waiting for someone to come. Oh, you're coming to Australia? Oh no, you're going to New Zealand. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. There's maybe like four and a half people that are interested to do a pod with there. And I've done the pods with them already. Yeah. But yeah. The reason I went, like, uh, I actually never wanted to go to us. Never got the hype. I was like, yeah, g'day mate. Like whatever. Yeah. Um, I snorted a psychedelic at a festival in Croatia. As you do. It was, it was mad. I was just, at Ultra, in, have you ever done Ultra in like Croatia? No, no I have. No. We're, we're, I'm in the Tomorrowland. That, okay. That's as far as. But what I like about it is quite a, a, a small festival compared to Tomorrowland. It's in like a stadium, and then they've got little like dance floors around it. But then they do a cell week off the back of it. So you do you like two days at the festival. You sleep on the yacht, and then the last day of the festival, the yacht takes off to the islands. So I yeah. did that. But I remember, I think I was at Martin Garrix, and you know, I'm. I'm past this now for anyone. I'm not in, I'm not condoning drug use or anything like that. Although we'll probably, you know. Chip, Chip does. Uh, Chip does. I condone it. No, no, a, before the challenge, Chip did. I condone it on Fridays. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> crazy thing is in America, so I've done it, we'll call it schmetamin. No, ketamine's legal in America if you're struggling with mental health. They give it to you in a nasal inhaler. Yeah. I've been feeling hell And we've depressed. all been struggling. I, can't lie. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I think the whole audience feel a little We're depressed lately. We're not being so there's, a little, there's a little B story here in a sec where uh, I didn't believe that it was actually ketamine. I, I might have double hit someone who got stuck in a broken down elevator. That was that was that was interesting one in, in, in a K hole in a in a broken. That alley. sounds crazy. But it wasn't it wasn't actually deep enough in a K hole to be hate in my life. I was kind of halfway between the fourth dimension and and reality, and I was trying to figure out if it was a bad situation or not. But in Croatia, I was there, and I kind of might have been self medicating an antidepressive treatment at the time. <laughs> and a guy that I just met that night kind of gave me the nod, like it's okay, I've got you. I'll look after you. You know, just with a simple nod, I knew he had my back. <laughs> so I did what would be considered a hero dose. And I had this massive, introspective, deep conversation challenging me about my life. I've been a personal trainer like three, four years, but I was working in a gym in Bracknell. Like at this time, I'd actually moved back in with my parents, to save a bit of money. And it was like, why don't you take yourself seriously? Why don't you go to like somewhere you could be taken seriously? And then I thought London, it was like, nah, it's got to be further. And I decided yeah. to move to Australia from that K-hole. And then when I went, all the success I've ever experienced in my life happened after that date. Wow. So like, it's really strange that people will look at that and they'll go, oh, this wanker is condoning drug use. I'm like, well, that's probably one of the single most, you know, unique experiences that happened to me. The worst part is my dad's now got Facebook. So he hears all the conversations oh, no. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So my mum, like at a family barbecue, he's like, I can't believe you did ketamine. <laughs> but yeah, so that was that. Then went to Oz. And when I got there, I was like, I get it. Yeah. It's so, an amazing place. Yeah, no, we love we loved it. We I loved love Sydney it. when we, we were went only there, there for like ten days as well. But in those ten days, it was like yeah. On the we day did, we're we going did. home, I was like, no. Have you been to the Gold Coast? Yeah. So you like, like uh, I was thinking about maybe moving up that way because yeah. 
Sydney's real strange. Like, although it's like one of the best places on earth, it's probably got 75% of all the good cities. You've got the beaches of the Gold Coast. You've got a bit of the culture from Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, but the people there are just fucking knobs. They're oh, like, really? everyone's got like Botox, lip filler. All the dudes are like 45, still trying to score with young chicks. Everyone's getting on coke at the weekends. Like I say, it was great. So it's like it's the young... Hollywood of... Yeah, it's like, it's almost got oh, that okay. LA kind of LA feel vibe to it. And, and I fucking and hate it. And if you go there on your own without friends, it's actually quite hard to make friends there. But then you go somewhere like Gold Coast, you're like, oh, this is, this is where I'm going to go to. This is where I'm going to settle down and slow down a bit. You know, some people in this part of the UK probably move towards Essex where they get a nicer house, mm-hmm. yeah. still can come into London when they want the mayhem. But like... For me, I thought it'd be Gold Coast. Then I met my missus and I've gone south down the coast, like an hour out of Sydney. I could be left alone. I've got a dog. Like the, the dream's begun. Yeah. Mm. So this is, this is you boys too. T- yeah, I know, I know. It's, it's mental the amount of times we've spoken about it. But. Yeah, we're getting towards that now. Nah. That Essex thing you were saying, I was like, damn, this sounds like exactly like me. Yeah. Before, when we were like, five years ago, we'd be like, mate, why would you live an hour outside of London? Yeah. yeah. How are you going to come back from a night sounds out? Sounds amazing now. What, are you going to get in a black cab for an hour? Yeah, fuck that. Then, like, you're getting a bit older, back starts hurting for no reason. Yep. Well, <laughs> oh, I need a five bed. Yeah, man. And I need it's a double car. Too garage. relatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, even even before you have kids, you're like, oh, I could have a games room in here. Could have this, could have that. Now, this is my, that, that's a big thing. Like, as I'm a house hunting, I'm looking there, and they're like, okay, the house is great, but where can I build, like, my man cave in the garden? You know mm. what I mean? Like, I want that space, that, mm. that hub. Oh, your own gym or something. Yeah, I, like I want to be able to gym in the back. Um, I want to be able to have an ice bath. So that's this, the new trending thing, isn't it? This is it. So like when I, I, I was actually quite anti buying houses for a long time. Like yep. two, three years ago, I was the anti-mortgage guy because when I look back at the UK, I saw all these people working jobs they hated just so they could buy a house with someone they're not even in love with just to go, oh, I got a mortgage. Yeah. And I'm like, hold on, you guys are living in an area you didn't want to live in with a partner that you didn't really like because you've been cheating on her just to get this fucking mortgage so you can commute for an hour into work. I was like, why not just rent in a place you like? Yeah. You know, you're 26. You might not even know what you're doing with your life. Why not try and be happy instead of a homeowner? Mm. Yeah. And then when I did eventually buy it, it was like, I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind having a little ice bath. But yeah. again, people always say, oh, it's all right for you guys. You know, you've got enough to put down for a mortgage. But if more people spend their 20s doing what the fuck they wanted, they would be in a better position to buy than they would be trying to make it to director within their banking job or working in insurance in the city. They're yeah. all miserable and hating their lives, all like chasing that homeowner mm. dream where... Even you guys, you're like, I'm going to make fucking videos that I have fun making. Then you're in a position to actually get a house, but then get them on with sit, get in the ice bath, plan it out a bit. But London and the UK is so expensive. Like Everyone thinks Australia is crazy and the property market is kind of crazy there. But for me to live like an hour outside of Sydney, I'm still on the beach. I still hear the waves at night. Yeah. And I got like a three bed house on the beach for what you could get like a two bed in Peckham really like, yeah it's mad wow. so when i come to london i sometimes have a little look even yeah. today i got the train in from slough right it's a yeah. good train line to come across to these ends yeah and i'm like let's have a little look at the property market i'm like slough it's like where they film the office it's like the it, most depressing a, yeah, place it's a <laughs> and i can't afford to live there yeah wow like it's, it's mad it's insane Fuck so when you guys it. start looking at essex and places like that it's gotta it, be eye-watering. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. When, when you leave today, awful. you're gonna to be having a little look at the Bondi market. Yeah, the yeah, I will, yeah, yeah. you know. I'm actually so, gonna so have a look. Is that is that where you live now? Oh still in yeah, yeah. So like, you um, wanna move or not? Nah, I've kind you of like dug it, in a bit. Like when I got my residency, my mum was a bit upset, but when I got a dog, <sighs> nail in the coffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's this visa situation for you? Because you went ages ago, so T- how does me, that work? It took me five years to get a visa. I spent four years living there on no more than three month visas at a time. 
So oh, we used to create. You have events. to fly back here. Yeah, or mm-hmm. I'd do visa runs like Bali or Fiji or like wherever I visa could. runs. It sounds like you're smuggling fucking drugs. Well, mate, this is it. So I went to Australia. I get there. They you do like a three month tourist. Then after that, you can get a one year working holiday. But if you want to stay, you have to do the farm work. Finally, we spoke about this on this last one with yeah. the Australian girl. She was there like far more. Like she it. did it. She didn't even get, it. get it. Yeah. The, the British. But the thing is, you don't even get to enjoy your whole year because you've got to do your farm work in your first year to get the second. And did you have to do the farm work? Nah. I was like, I'm going to try and get rich instead. Yeah. And then I got my business to a certain turnover and they were like, it doesn't help. So then you have the farm work, you got to do it. And like my friends did like banana picking and stuff. And they. <laughs> Some of them loved it. That sounds so ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> you'd go to, like, the middle of nowhere, but you'd have, like, good parties in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You'd be, like, 20 You're all doing the same thing. All yeah. in a yeah. pub, picking bananas, whatever. So then the first year came to an end, and they say, like, look out for snakes and Oz. I'll tell you about my ex. She convinced me to get on her visa. I did. And things changed. She was like, don't worry about your visa problems. Come on my partner visa. Three weeks in, I was like, I can't do this. So <laughs> then I had to leave Australia, come back to London for, like, six months. Then when I went back... They give me another visa and then another visa. And I was like, look, I'm a business owner. I pay my taxes and I was, I employ eight Australians. And they were like, yeah, but you can't self-sponsor. If you worked for someone, you could get a visa. But working for yourself and having your own business is self-sponsorship. And they got rid of that. So I remember like, I was like, right, we're doing our accounts with PwC. These guys are legit. Yeah. Like get me the most expensive the immigration yeah. team you've got. I get on the phone, $900 for a phone call, like 450 quid. Jeez, the first question they said were, do you have an Aussie girlfriend? I was like, I've just spent £450. That's your first thing. They were like, you're fucked. So in the end, I had to go for a, <laughs> I had to go for a Hail Mary visa called a global talent. They were like, so if you're like an international rugby player or a football player, mm-hmm. you could get something. You're getting like on talent. They're like, what'd you do? I'm like, uh, funny videos. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Instagram reels. I, I tried everything. So they were like, look, we're not sure if you're going to get it. We'll lodge it. You're not allowed to stay in Australia while we lodge it. Uh, the visa time is going to be 26 months. Oh, I was like, what? what? Yeah, 26. They, they ended up, they don't look at it. They didn't look at mine for 28 months. Oh, the partner visa is up to three years now. So if you go on a partner visa with your missus, yeah. they're not actually going to look at your application for like two to three years. Yeah. And you've just got to accrue data or whatever through that period. So then when the, like I joked saying that when the visa came through, I was going to do like a one meter long line of Coke and yeah. fucking go Vegas with the boys on jet. When it came through, I just was relieved. I was tired from all the stress. Just... You're there like, you know what? I don't even live here no more. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, ready to go. It's hard. It's, it's yeah. a pain in the ass. And like for years, I complained about how tight the border was, but now I've got a visa. Fuck them. Don't let anyone else in. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Fuck. That's how many takes that long? So I, yeah. I did a lot of like uh, events and a lot of my like touring model of doing the events was just to get visas. Yeah. Like I enjoy doing events and stuff, but I would talk to a touring company and say, hey, let's do a book tour. And they'd be like, cool, we'll sort your visa. And I'd be like, sweet, I've got three months, but I had to live somewhere and pay rent. And then my visa ended. I was like, oh boys, can you keep my room? I'll keep paying. When are you going to be back? I was like, I don't know. Wow. So it was like, it was like a plane that couldn't land. Yeah. For like five so years. where would you go on the months that you weren't there? Just I come back to London countries? for a bit. Um, yeah. my parents live in like Windsor so I'd always situate myself in like Clapham or something like yeah. that and like it was good but I actually had a rule that uh, when I didn't have a dog or a missus I would swap hemispheres a bit and the rule was if you wake up from a nap and it's dark it's time to change so if I got to okay. Australia and I woke up from a nap and it was dark I was like I might go back to the UK for a few months yeah. but then here you get to like September, October wake up from a nap and it's dark I'm like lads it's time to go yeah so that I mean good. that would give you a small amount of time to stay in the UK yeah like what what's that probably like April to three months yeah yeah maybe till like now May, May to September was probably like the best yeah and then um 
Like uh, there was one point after lockdown where I was locked out of Oz because I wasn't a resident. Yeah. So I was like, I've got a house there. I've got my stuff there. I actually had a missus there at the time and the Australian yeah. government were like, you're not coming in. So I went to America for a bit. I went to Austin. Yeah. And like, I love America. I love Austin. I love Texas. Mm. But like, as a Brit, we're so used to only really being on beaches and like floaties in a pool on holiday. So when I'm in Australia, I'm like, you fucking ungrateful bastards. You don't realize that the reason Brits love it here is we feel on holiday every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, what, do you not have the beach at home? I'm like, Brighton Beach has got pebbles and HIV and infested needles on the wall. Yeah. yeah. So like when, when a Brit goes to Australia, they're like, wow, I'm on holiday. And they, they don't see it. But Brits, wherever they go, they love it. But they go, oh, I can't wait to get back home. And for yeah. me, Australia is the only place where I was like, Ooh. no i'm not that asked about yeah. it no man okay that's pretty sick so it, it would be really good as well if you could just give us a little rundown especially for the uh for the listeners about sort of your journey and then sort of what you do now it, um obviously social media you know that, that, that that's how i came across you but it'd be great to hear because i see you do a lot of speaking events things like that so just a little background on on, on what you get up to yeah so like I, I followed the status quo from uni dropping out first year i worked in door-to-door sales for Empower. Yeah. Then I went oh, to like wow. a call center. Then I worked in like a sales department. And I was like, this is how I'll make it, boys. You know, I just work my way up. Uh-huh. Then like it got to a point when I was like 23, 24. And I kind of just got into fitness then. And I was like, what? If I eat, if I eat well and eat a lot of protein and lift weights, I'm actually getting sexier. And the best thing was yeah. the girls I was getting with were getting fitter. Yeah. And I was like, right, 24. I was like, I'm onto something. <laughs> like that was my litmus test for how well I was doing in life. I was like, as I'm starting to look after myself, these women, you know, the standards are going up. Sounds yeah. really bad, but like, yeah, cool. And then um, I was like, I'm going to become a PT because these lessons I've learned in like the last couple of years really made me happier in life. And I was like, I could instill that into other people, but I definitely had a chip on my shoulder because I was never particularly, I was always like a fat kid and no one gave me answers as to why I was like overweight. They're like, oh, maybe reduce carbs. Or they'd be like, oh, maybe do it. Maybe do this. Maybe try a juice diet. And it was so conflicting that when I became a PT, I was like, I had a massive chip on my shot. I was pissed off. So when I was with clients and they were chatting shit, they were telling me the same stuff that I would chat and shit about a few years before. So I'd be like, or you're eating too much. Or I'd say to clients in the gym, they'd be moaning, oh, it seems like a lot of protein. And I'd be like, we've tried it your way and look at you. Yeah. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> I, I only say Tough that, love. Yeah. not because I'm a twat, but like, that's how I like to be spoken to. And I played rugby for like 15 years. And I remember... A coach dropped me once. I've been playing for like six months, first team, every game. And I was like, oh, why have you dropped me? And he was like, you played like shit at the weekend. He was like, I can't believe you missed that many tackles with your parents watching. And I was like, nah, bro, just yeah. got humble. But when I came to training on Tuesday, I was there on time. I was there making my tackles. Yeah. Like I came to realize that being spoken to in that way would turn off a lot of people but for people like me they'd be like okay cool you know like one of your boys says to you like mate that thumbnail was embarrassing yeah yeah, Mm. like what do you do that in canva yeah did you get your nan now to to be fair like that is our group chat is extremely toxic we actually um in our group chat we promote fat shaming We'll get no, within our group chat. And I swear to God, right? Now, this isn't... That, is and this doesn't mean you that you go and you, and you harass people that you don't know. We do this because we're, in a, we're a friendship group, so we know that everything's sweet. But we get in there, and if we notice that somebody's like... Putting on, putting the, on the pounds. Like, we're onto them differently. Look at Bazinga. That's true. Yeah, look works, at Ethan. Broski had the glow up, and he's still on his journey. And let me tell you, he'll even say it himself. It worked. The fat yeah. shaming in the group chat worked. It worked. Where so, is he now? Yeah, yeah he's exactly. out. He's, he's, he's out in shape, man. 
He's up. He's got a fantastic shape podcast here at the Bella Studios. You know, life couldn't be better. He's debt free. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, um, I, I became the person I needed when I was younger. That's a good defense when anyone mm. thinks you're an asshole. Um, and then PT and like, to get clients, we have to walk the floor. We have to go around and talk to people when they're training. But, hey mate, how did you work out? Well, can you take your headphones? I hated it. So I was like, if I put information on social media, maybe people would come to me for business. Right. And I was trying to be like every other PT, like, oh, look at my lunch or, hey, here's a workout. No one gave a, no one gave a fuck. Yeah. So I was like, okay. What year is this, by the way? 2016. 2016. So that's still pretty early doors in terms of like social media. And Facebook. PT. These are the golden ages on Facebook. Yeah. You like, know, I never, ever touched Facebook and I still don't really use it, but I feel like that's where you're going to capture it the, was the wild west but like yeah it was more so the for Darren's. female audience more established homeowners women 30s uh had their first kid all of these things so you could get into like almost like the mother's after school club mm. so most of my clients uh for the first part of my career were women yeah. whereas if i'd gone more on youtube but even though i know i was late to youtube i wasn't the man i needed to be on yeah. youtube like um so i went on facebook and then things started growing to the point that uh, I was doing quite well. I was well paid. I didn't work stupid hours. Then I had the epiphany to go to Australia. Then when I went to Australia, I was, I had about 3000 pounds to my name, flew there like one way, real cheap economy ticket, backpacking. But then as I was backpacking these hostels, the hostels are shit. I was sharing a room with 14 people. Ugh. So when I would get out there at seven in the morning, I'd be hustling on my laptop, making content, putting out like WordPress blogs or whatever. Yeah. And my following would slowly start growing. Then the amount of clients I was taking online back in my day, being an online PT was like, what the fuck is that? It was like being a plumber who's gone online. Yeah. People were like, how can you, how can you do that? So then I then started working at fitness first in Sydney, hated it. Uh, I was 32 PTs in the gym, had no windows. It was just depression. Oh, fuck like now. just being shut down all day. So one day I remember getting like a little static whiteboard. I could stick on the wall, some pens and a tripod. And because I didn't have a camera, I didn't know how to edit didn't know how to use anything. I was like, I'm going to go live every day, pick a topic and just go ham. Yeah. And like a lot of coffees before, then I'd go in yeah. and I'd like abuse people a bit in the video. It'd be like, really turn it up. Yeah. And then my followers would increase. The video would go like, to me, semi-viral. I've had a thousand likes. Uh. Yeah. And then my business would start to do well because of it. So then I then went fully online in May, 2017 because it didn't make sense monetarily to go to the gym to see clients because in that one hour that I could have got you know, 60 pounds to see someone, I could make way more online doing that. So then I just built my social media because I was like, right, this is a business building tool that helps people at the same time. So I was like, this is actually really fucking cool because even 90% of people online were like, I like your content, never going to buy from you. Yeah. But then the 10% that did buy from me and use my products and services, uh, you know, allowed me to have that lifestyle where it didn't matter if the 90% didn't buy. Yeah. Then you grow to a certain size, you get a book deal, I took it seriously. A lot of people don't. Like for yeah. me, when I first got a book deal, I said no. And my manager goes, a lot of people think you're a prick. And he goes, one day, one of those people that hate you are going to walk into Tesco's. They're going to go, there's that prick on the fucking side. They're going to walk yeah. over. They're going to go, let's see what this prick has to say. They're going to open the book and they're going to finish the page and turn the next page. And the person that hates you will buy your book. And then they might not think you're a prick anymore. Yeah. So when I wrote the book, I went, it's called Not A Diet Book. I was smashed out in my uh, strategy director time he's like what are we going to call this because it's not a diet book and i'll smash just like ah, probably a few nose beers deep yeah. that's the title <laughs> that's, that's it. the title that's on the a, one on a fitness book yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, so yeah i wrote the whole book thinking if someone hates me i want to be able to convert them then from that long story short growing the socials 
pretty far and wide uh done three best-selling books and with the with the book model you don't get paid a huge amount on royalties maybe like a pound a book you get like an advance right oh you get a nice advance yeah which is which is fantastic but then we were like right how can we promote the book with a touring model where we just create a live show that benefits the book but the book also benefits the live show and i mean last year we did uh hammersmith polo three and a half thousand people wow for a book tour event where i took like the seven best things out of the book but then put in loads of like fingering jokes nice so, like really inappropriate shit yeah. where uh Kay Kurd, a comedian he says to me he's like bruv no one expects you to be funny <laughs> yeah and yeah, like yeah. so the live show model we kind of created off the back of that that's kind of like the little ecosystem now we've got like online coaching we've got books and then we've got like a touring model yeah and yeah it, now it's kind of weird people go what do you do i'm like well i'm a personal trainer they're like yeah but you don't actually do personal training anymore even though i have an online platform with coaches that support me or whatnot i'm kind of unsure what i do someday what about fitness guru that sounds a bit that sounds like you're selling a scam though you see i'll just say coach you know coach because i want to help what about people. life coach they say that or second book was called not a life coach because they're because okay. <laughs> <laughs> like they're all they're all balance isn't they like tony yeah. robbins sure is a sound guy but you know he they grind on you a little bit. Like, I would, yeah. where are these life coaches? We love hustle porn. I don't know what that is. You don't know what, what hustle I, porn is? No, no, no. Proddy loves, Proddy. No, nah, it does it, my head in, yeah, but yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, you open up TikTok and they're, they're like, <laughs> they're like, you're still in bed at 6 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm up at 4.30 in the morning. I've already taken the bins out and <laughs> shit like that. And you're just there like, I don't give a shit. I'm sleeping till eight. It's that those things like, um, for instance, one of the first like <laughs> six months into living in Oz, I remember I went for like steak in a place called Manly. It's like a real nice beach. And the waiter behind me, I remember like having a chat to him and I was like, fuck. I was like, this guy starts work at 6 p.m., probably works till midnight and he earns enough to live in Australia and Sydney. So I was like, he could have a dog and a surfboard and he could spend all day surfing and chilling with his dog mm. and serving tables six till midnight. Yeah. And if he did that every day until <laughs> he died, he'd have a better life than most people in the world. Yeah. And then... When I got to Australia as well, and like you'll go to a cafe, the coffee's good, the food's good, and all the people that work there are young and hot. And I'm like, what's going on here? And I'm like, they work 6 a.m. till 2 p.m. Then they spend the afternoons with their friends, having a cider on the beach, watching the sunset. And I'm like, these guys are on minimum wage and they're living the best life. So in that second book, I was like trying to say to people out there, especially people in the UK, like, if you have a job you enjoy, you're doing better than most people. But I want to talk about so this, the, the, the 75 hard challenge because it's both me and chip are doing this thing so I, I assume you know you know about it so i know i know some of the you got to read for read 10 pages a day and then uh was it 30 minutes cardio so no so two 45 minute workouts a day okay um one has to be outdoors cool. but these workouts uh, i think it, it um from the gist that i got now the guy that created it uh andy frisella i believe he's a bit he is that hustle porn it's a bit too much for me right but um it, it, it is also th those workouts. They don't have to be like intense workouts every day, like going on a 45 minute walk and walking your dog around like that is getting out and being active. So instead of calling it workouts, it's more like two 45 active things to do. Um, sober. What's that? Sober. sober. Yeah. No alcohol. How, how much would you say this is a reduction in alcohol to normal lifestyle? Oh, a lot. I, 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 I drink quite a bit. I mean, before that I was probably drinking like three or four nights a week. What are you, 28, 29? 28, yeah. So like, um, I think things like this are great because when I was 30, maybe 31, I got to a period where I was getting pissed way too much. Yeah. And having a period of like, even just a few months off, 
my tolerance to alcohol has never been the same. So these little bouts of breaks from alcohol, like when I look at it, the reading thing, I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty good. The exercise, 100% behind the sobriety thing, especially in like the world we're living in, I think is a really important one because people often wait until they've got a really bad problem before stopping. Where, you know, I think that even just having a small bout, you kind of get to check yourself and there are going to be so many situations in the next 75 days, right? Yeah, yeah. Where like, you're going to go, oh shit, I would usually have a drink. You don't and you leave a bit early, you go to bed, you wake up back the next day. And you implant these little seeds that doing these things without alcohol is actually better. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You might not have the same amount of fun, but this is a this is an interesting concept. We're talking about sobriety from the seventy five hard. Yeah, yeah. So, like in my second book, I talk about happiness and pleasure being two different things. And pleasure is drinking, it's drugs, it's lads holidays. But happiness is, you know, waking up feeling good, being in the green on whoop, whatever, it, whatever it is. <laughs> but you can have a life of happiness without pleasure. If you boys had your dog you were debt-free, you were feeling good, all of these things, yeah. you can live like that forever. But some people mistake pleasure and happiness. And when they live a life that doesn't make them happy, they turn to the pleasure, the alcohol, the drugs, whatever. Now, if you try and fill your happiness quota with pleasure, you end up with despair. And that's where people gamble too much, they drink too much, they end up like becoming a wreckhead or whatever. So like, abstaining from alcohol gives you like a real good indication that, hey, I'm giving up a little bit of pleasure, but I'm getting more happiness and this is a good deal. Mm. And another time we see this is if someone takes a pay cut from a job they hate to do a job they enjoy, they have this weird thing where they feel like they're a failure, but they're like, but I like my life more. And if people can appreciate that giving up pleasure for happiness is a net positive deal, they don't feel so bad about the, like a few of your mates would have got a bit yeah. weird, would be like, oh, you've been boring. Yeah, yeah, get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, because they don't like the fact that you're happier than them. Yeah. Because right. they're filling their quota of pleasure and being like, why aren't you on my level? Yeah, you know, but I, I, I definitely also was that guy as well. Oh, in terms yeah. of, you know, because we, we, we have we have a mate, uh, Reed, Reed? Ollie, yeah. who's like really into his fitness, and, and and you could say that he he's been doing this, he's been living very much that 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 stoic life. Um, and yeah, before I'd be there, like, oh mate, just like have a drink, come on, don't be boring type mm. thing. And now when I'm in the other, yeah, exactly, one of these, swap out alcohol for one of these things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I get my whoop code, Marty you get the drink, we'll call it, we'll call it even. Um, yeah, so, and, and I just think that now I'm on the other side of it, and when people are like to me, oh, don't be boring, don't be boring, I'm thinking, like, it's because you want to be able to do what I'm doing, which is saying no to, to, to this moment. But you can yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's weird, yeah. because I don't want to sound like, oh, I'm fucking better than somebody because I'm not drinking, because don't get me wrong, when the 75 hard ends, I don't, I, I won't go into a life of being completely sober. That's not for me. I still see opportunities where I want to have a beer, mm. um, and, and that's mainly it. But I think yeah. the, the hardcore banging the nights out, because there is... It, the one thing I have appreciated the most, even only been doing this for just over two weeks now, is waking up every morning and feeling good for it. Mm. And I, I, the, no night out is better than that feeling in the morning, waking up and then just getting after it and doing whatever. Like that is a far better feeling. And I think, and what I'm hoping, because I've previously done one month of no drinking, nothing fucking changed. But I think the compounding effects of going, uh, doing exercise, doing all these extra bits, that together will hopefully put together a picture and create a habit for me mm. to then go past the 75 days and be like, look, yeah, I'm going to go and have a beer. If after work, people want to go and grab a beer, that's fine. But it's about going and having one or two and then being like, cool, I'm out. You're, so, fi you're fine as well, like you guys in the positions you're in, like I feel like an older brother, in probably the next four or five years, these these episodes are like going out drinking, they still feel my energy a bit and you might not realize it yet. It took me a while how much your happiness is held up by your productivity. And when alcohol, when you start drinking again, you have a day where you're like hungover for the second half going, oh, why did I drink last night? 
you then start beating yourself up because you weren't productive. Because that video that gets 10 million views came from a time you had energy. Yeah. You sat there on the sofa, your brain's ticking away, and you get that title, and you're like, I've got it. When you're hungover, that, that stuff never happens. And for me now, I'm leaving subscribers, money from business, everything on the table by not being productive. And now the thing that kills me the most is being tired. Mm. And yeah. at 28, enjoy it. Like, while you can, do these challenges, do that stuff. But I think a lot of men need to really appreciate that when they get past 32, 33, 34, you do need to start diminishing the alcohol in such frequencies because it takes away from that finite amount of energy that you have to, to be productive. Because there's definitely like a change in brain chemistry when you go past 30 where you're like, okay, my success isn't just my success anymore. It's my parents' mortgage. It's the car they drive. It's uh, my house. It's where my family are going to be in a few years' yeah. time. Mm -hmm. And like... I think that the next generation after us is going to be much less dependent on alcohol than we are. I think like in 10 years time, we're going to be the ones talking them out of it because they're loose, them young kids at the moment. Oh, so, sorry. You're, you're saying that the, the younger people right now, they are drinking way more than what we would have drunk. Yeah, or they're that. vaping or they're, yeah, yeah. they're just loose. Like when I was at uni, yeah. drugs didn't exist. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just Whereas now, you, mate, you can get them on fucking tap. Anyway, yeah. we used to have to hustle. Man, I got people in my DMs trying to just on a, on a regular, like, you need a number? I'm good. Yeah. But the 75 hard thing, I guarantee at the end of it, you have a few beers and you're like, be three beers deep and you're like, I feel like shit. Yeah. yeah. And then you'll be like, why the fuck did I do this? And then you're like, I need to do another 75 days. But then you'll pick and choose. You'll be like, this reader needs to go. I didn't get it by reading books, lads. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a weird one because I the, the, the reading I've enjoyed, I mean, like I said, I'm only two weeks in, so I, I think I'll only properly know when I when I sort of get towards the end and there's been like a proper good effort at it. Um, I also just don't I, I don't think there is a need to to do two a day like that just isn't needed. But what it's making me realize is, mate, I'm finding time to go and do this twice a day. There is really no fucking excuse to not at least get one done. Mm. Um, and I think from that, like that to me will be the net positive coming out of this. And I think you know if I if I'm training, you know, once a week, uh, sorry, once a day for six seven days a week fucking that's such a that's such a win compared to before where you know once every two weeks um but yeah the, these these challenges because I, i'm aware that they can be kind of like a fad i guess and a lot of people will sign up to these challenges and then they just completely revert back but it's a net positive fad yeah right because it doesn't cost you money mm. you right. change your like the fads i hate are like when people go juicing or you know that fucking michael mosley 800 calorie diet he's like oh it's a magical number of calories like it's like saying to people like... Wait, like, someone's someone saying just to eat 800 calories a day? Yeah, and he called, he's like a doctor. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not got a doctorate in this. Like, there are kidney specialists trying to write books on preventing cancer. You're like, yeah. you're like you got a doctorate in, like, being an osteopath, and they're coming in telling you how to save your life. But right. Michael Mosley's got this one where he's like, it's literally a book about this thick called The 800-Calorie Diet. It's like saying to people, don't spend more than 20 pounds a day. You're going to solve all your debt. You just blanket prescribe to everyone. Yeah. 99% of the population are going to lose weight on that. That's a fad. They buy into the fad. That's bullshit. When people are like, oh, do the ketogenic diet. Oh, you gave up all the foods that made you fat. And you're like, wow. Like, those fads do my head in because it's a net negative. The person comes out the other end more confused, more pissed off, more untrustworthy of the industry. Like, but this 75 hard is like a net positive fad. There's no right. buy-in. You're not giving money to someone who's like yeah. doing whatever you're actually just buying into a structure that serves you and it doesn't even have to be. So like, I'm, I'm a fan of that. I've not done it myself, but like that structure is what you need. And like you say, two weeks in, when you get to the end of that period, you're going to be like, Oh, 
I felt a lot better from this. Yeah. This really helped me. And then you, you kind of put that into your existing life. Are, are you quite a disciplined person, would you say? No, nah, it's chaos in my life. Really? Like at the moment, but get, do you like it like that or do you wish you were more disciplined? Not, not really, because at the end, all I look at is the results. And I'm like, my businesses are doing well. My relationships are doing well. Yeah. And like, well, I've gained about 10 kilograms since moving home with my parents. Like, even the things that go bad in that element of my life, the fact the majority of what I ate yesterday was chocolate biscuits, like that just gives me like relatability. I don't beat myself up too much for it because mm. my inadequacies or my shortcomings have enabled me to be where I am. So I'm, I'm all right with it. So yeah. like most personal trainers are really disciplined ball bags, right? That have no life and they're trying to serve people that are nothing like them. There's something, my most viral TikTok got 25 million views was about a fallacy called the swimmer's body illusion where someone's out of shape, want to get in shape. So they look around and they go, oh, I might start running. But they think the runners look skinny and kind of miserable. So they're like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to start bodybuilding. So they're like, I'm going to lift weights. And then they go, oh, bodybuilders look like too thick and a bit stupid. So then they look at swimmers and go, oh, the swimmers look amazing. Like, I can't lie, swimmers do look good, dog. Yeah. Their oh, bodies yeah. are nice. Like, I'm going to become a swimmer. But then they realize it's a fallacy because... Swimmers don't look the way they do because they swim. They swim because of the way they look. Yeah. If you're 6'3 with long levers and big hands and you get in the pool, you're going to swim well. Me, bro. So the majority of fitness enthusiasts are actually the top percentile of genetic freaks that look so good with minimal effort, their friends go, you should be a PT. So we've got people that lack empathy, lack skills, lack coaching ability, that are sent to the forefront of the fitness industry because they look a certain way. So it really skews the real, like the majority of people in the industry have never been fat, don't know what it's like to be fat. I've never had extreme cravings. I've never had episodes of binging on food. They're like, what, you don't eat chicken and broccoli? It's like, you know, sending vegans yeah. to teach someone how to make a sausage. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's the wrong people. Right. So, so you, so you find people, so you, you think that it, it's just about relatability and some, somebody that can just go and eat a fucking spend the day eating chocolate biscuits. That is like what most people would crave and what most people do. As long as you can manage it a bit, I'm by yeah. no means an expert. Like I'm a few people watching this going, he's looking a bit, a little bit chubby for a PT. Yeah. But like at least people, I like to think my clients can relate to me a bit more. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like I lift up my top. I'm like, guys, I look like a sack of potatoes. But yeah. Don't worry, because we can work. We can work through this. Yeah, over the next seven. That, that, that's one thing, right? I got a question. Should I trust a fat PT? Mm. Right, because I've walked into these gyms before, and I see a guy going up like, "Oh, do you want PT?" I'm there like, "Mate, I'm not gonna lie, the audacity for you that, to rock up and tell true. people the gym how we to get to, in shape." The gym we go to, some of the PTs are not these, exactly in what you would think the ideal PT, PT shape, shape is meant be. to be. Have but, you seen? Yeah. So what do you think? About? Have you seen the video of the lad with his top off doing a backflip in roller skates? And he's got a big belly. That's so niche. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I've not yeah, seen yeah, And he yeah, goes, no, I have seen it. He's this is you. an optimal male physique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen that. So like... You will have seen it. Maybe you know? I have you seen, will, that. seen it. If you, um, if you were like, say say there is a PT in your gym. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. car- he's a bit thicker than, than you like to expect. Maybe just say to him like, show me what you got. You know what I mean? Like, what you got? Yeah. Like, if he's got nothing, be like, there's a bit of a problem here. Like, my saving grace over the last few years is I've become obsessed with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Right? Yeah. And everyone that does it is obsessed about it. Mark so, Zuckerberg's into that right now. Mate, and he's, he's doing all he's right. He's a beast, isn't he? But when there are times that I look like a sack of potatoes, knowing that I could beat eight out of 10 people in a fight yeah. brings That's me peace. Goal. So if you were to come up to me in the, PT, in the gym... And I'd go, argue you, it's more than eight out of 10. You go, you're a, bit, you're, a bit, you're a bit fat for PT. I'd be like, come here. And then I choke one of you out and then be like, not me, pal. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's fucking so like, you. As, as long as you've got something you could do, right? If that big PT was like, yeah, I'm a figure skater, yeah. you'd be like, I'll let you off. 
Yeah, because you're yeah. disciplined at something, you're good at something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like so. Rather than like, um, we we don't need to all subscribe to the fact because anyone can not eat for twelve weeks and bang weights, mm -hmm. right? And it's almost your level of insanity that gets you to the top because they suffer. If you're natural and you do a natural bodybuilding comp, your dick doesn't work like three weeks out. The women, their menstrual cycle stops like it's months out. Yeah. They go into a menorrhea. And like, that's your body saying, take a fucking hint. Yet we subscribe to, oh my God, look at this guy. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, he looks so shredded. You look so amazing. But if you can't get your dick hard or a woman can't get a period, you know, we should probably take into account that we're actually glorifying a lot of eating disorders. For them to get yeah. there, I would almost side by someone taking testosterone. At least their dick still works. Or, you know, people taking thyroid drugs, clenbuterol. They take so much. And again, let's say like, I don't know, I'm back to the beginnings of a PT trying to emerge and men's health come along and saying, in eight weeks time, we're going to put you, you on the front cover. cover. Yeah. I'm going to be taking clenbuterol daily, which is an asthma drug that shreds you, which is not good for you. Don't take it. Or, you know, I'd be starving myself. And when my stomach's rumbling in the middle of the night, I'm going, men's health, they're coming for me. You know, <laughs> like I'd be there walking, like, you know, nearly passing out walking down the street i'd do it because come the end of it i could recycle that picture and get clients for it for the next five years yeah. so like there's a real danger in the industry if we do judge people solely on how they look because i remember at middleton i'm pretty sure went on the front cover of men's health and people were ripping him like saying he's not shredded enough i was like that fucker climbed everest yeah like yeah, there are dead too. bodies on everest this guy's hard yeah i would not fuck without middleton even at a purple belt he'd, yeah he'd probably have like that ninja chop yeah, or something he's, he's, something he's, he's the real deal out. so like there, there's this middle ground where we're like sweet cool but one spectrum just because you starved yourself for 12 weeks cover yourself in fake tan i don't respect you but at the other end just because someone's a little bit bigger than we might think like most power like strong men and powerlifters yeah, like definitely. before they got a pump you're like bro you're just fat yeah and then they deadlift like 400 kg like, i'll let you off yeah, yeah yeah show me what you got that's my answer yeah. james do you not think there's a bit of a complexity here as well with people who are going to pts for the reason like myself i grew up quite a, a chubby child <clears throat> essentially but you're going to a PT to try and have that like voice of reason to help you, but they've not been, been through that, as you've said. They're now obviously preparing for a bodybuilding competition. You're never going to have that rela relatability. With a fat PT, you might have that relatability, I, I reckon. Is that something that people are kind of searching for more in the industry? I think at the end of the day, the, the main thing that people need from a PT is someone that they can know, like, and trust. They're the three things. Yeah. Like, so irrespective if they can give you advice that works i think that's the most important thing i had so many people come up to me wanting to do a physique competition when i was pt and i had to talk all of them out of it because i was like you think this will make you happy but you don't understand how much happiness you're going to have to give up from your life to get there to yeah. obtain it mm. and that's just something that is such a yeah such a pitfall of it but that that overweight pt in your gym probably wouldn't be there unless he had customers that paid him for his skill set so like I think this all opens up with dialogue. Any PT will give you a free session. Any PT in the world. So if you see him, this could be your video. Yeah. I asked a fat PT for a free session. There's your title. Thumbnail, you and him. A little banger, you know. You should then, do YouTube. And then, <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> so then like, imagine you would say like, look, if, if for whatever reason, if you think that this video doesn't serve you well, we won't put it out. But you'd say to him, and he was empathetic. He understood everything. He gave you structure. And he said, if you do this, you'll succeed. And you did it and you succeeded. Yeah you could then create an argument that we're judging people completely wrong on it. Whereas something more like finances, that's the place where I have an issue where like people, I know this is one of Tate's, but he was like, people go to business school to learn from someone that's never had a business. Right. Like why would you be on a, a teacher's salary? If you know all that about business, you'd probably have a business. You'd probably be making so much money. You'd never step foot in a school. Yeah. You know, financial advisors as well. Yeah. You're like, if you knew that much about money, why do you need me as a client? Right. But then we also, I also, you also do need financial advisors out there to 
teach you the ways. So it's a bit of a catch 22 in that sense now. Imagine, yeah, there is, there is. But in some respects, like sometimes you're better at doing the thing than teaching other people. But this is yeah. just, this is just me throwing a spanner in the works. No, I like that. No, it's a good point. You know, some people like on, they're on the podcast, they're giving all this like financial advice and you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, but you Take haven't made right. any money. Yeah. yeah. Or people out there te- teaching you how to make a thumbnail and you're like, you've got 4,000 subs. I mean, that's a big yeah. thing. And it like YouTube yeah. gurus have never made a YouTube video. It's like that movie Hitch where he teaches people how to fall in love or find a girlfriend but he don't have one himself. Yeah. Wow, it's Dan, quite... you got deep there with that I was one. Yeah, well, Shout out to Will Smith on that one. You're going to trigger me on this one, right? I watched Hitch not too long ago. Yeah. And so, for instance, we're in a studio environment. Yep. We have a microphone this big, this close to our face to get decent audio quality. Whenever I watch films now, I can't help but think where the mic is. Because, well, isn't it? Well, sometimes they're boom arms. Yeah. Then you have a wide shot of someone walking down a high street in New York and you realize there's no mic within four meters of them. So then you realize how much of the audio is done in post production. Yeah. Footsteps, doors, everything, the creak of a door, everything's done in post. Not in all films, but the majority of them. But now I watch and I listen out for it. So, like in Breaking Bad, oh, I no, saw one of their mic packs through the shirt and I was like, that's a lapel. And then, <laughs> but then, like in here. Yeah, that's a horrible way to live. Almost go do this, don't worry, anyone watching. Watch Hitch, and you can tell they've done all of the audio, almost all of it in post, and they haven't lip synced it well enough. Uh, so, you oh, what, know, so even the words they're speaking the words they speak are done in a professional studio and in post-production they lip sync it with the people in there oh, because God, the God. shots they have in the street you can't have a dialogue on Manhattan with a boom arm like you couldn't barely use a boom arm in here yeah. and you're in a studio environment so now everything I watch on TV I'm thinking where's the mic you're a scumbag you've, fucked, you've yeah, fucked it now yeah, oh, shit I'm gonna tr- have to just pretend I didn't hear that yeah, because that now I'm gonna be there like I'm not going to watch that movie for a long time yeah, I need you, to forget you about seriously this ruin it. <laughs> yeah. because now, if I, if, it, if like, the boom arms oh, were that good we'd be using one in here you'd have a way better visual yeah. setup but when you said Hitch I was like I was watching it the other night I've ruined it for myself so I'm bringing you down with me yeah, yeah. no you're bringing everybody <laughs> fuck's sake there. everyone's watching this yeah, now like this like, so bastard. Bastard. no but not only have you have you fucked Hitch because now the next movie that I watch I'll be like where's the mic I also follow a few pages on TikTok of the people that make the sounds so the woman oh, I've seen these guys that like the footsteps and stuff yeah, and it's yeah. just like this woman yeah yeah just on. standing there yeah, just yeah, walking, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but I can't unhear it now now you realise how stupid they would be to get the original audio from the prime yeah. shot because it would be really shit have, I, I, you know what I have to admit what I do love uh, are the TikTok accounts that find continuity errors oh in yeah. Movies. yeah and and, and I watch those and they're, they're good. like how did I miss that and just stuff like that there's so, so many good. as well yeah. there's so many errors they're in so films good like, like the glass is like full or another one is You'll never see people swallow or uh, swallow drink or water when they're making films because they do the take so many times. The actor can't fill themselves up. Yeah. So now the majority of the time they don't swallow. They don't. They'll take a sip and then they'll cut the shot there. You'll never see them gulp. Yeah. Because they do the same shots. I'm gonna be looking out for that now. Sorry. No, I, just, I know. Slide. Fuck you. We're just slowly ruining the the novelty of watching. Yeah. Them. Don't forget the Starbucks in the Game of Thrones. There was a Starbucks. Card. Oh my god! Yeah. That was, I what was that? That was one of the biggest ones. There was just like massive scene. It's just Starbucks cup in the back. So, like when somebody had left. Obviously, it's set Do you back know how in crazy a day. that is though, because the amount of people that's had to have gone through before yeah. it went out, and Slip at no point did somebody go, eyes. "There's a stop," and it's not like, "Oh, they see it, they go, oh, there's nothing yeah. we can do about it." No, you can get Everyone, rid of that. Editors, directors would watch everybody. It, what film it. was this? Did you say? This Game of Thrones. Thrones. Oh, right. We're getting a we're getting a fact check on this one. Community notes is going to be coming <laughs> up. No, no, no. It's true because I remember seeing it on Twitter. All you can probably bring it up if you type yeah, in Game of Thrones Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah, this is fucking. Oh, by the way, he does, Sam Middleton. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. does not look fat in that at all. Yeah, the, looks bro, shredded. Yeah, but compared to like uh, the traditional bodybuilding, malnourished, underfed 
Yeah. Yeah. Alpha male with fake tan on and uh, baby oil. Mm. They baby oil hard. Yeah, big. There you go. Yeah, no, nah. I'm sorry, but that that feels like it was done. Feels that's like a, on a viral 100%, 100% moment. Hundred percent. I, I I think that had to be done on purpose, mate. There's just no way. Maybe it was because it went viral. You know, a lot of creators even now are making mistakes in their videos on purpose to get views. So I tried this out where I was talking about uh, with dumbbells. Let's say you go uh, four, a six, and an eight. The increases are way bigger than you would expect. A four to a six is a fifty percent increase. So, yeah, you're if you're doing like a lateral raise with a four and you go, "Well, oh, the six looks nice," you're like, "Well, bro, you're actually increasing the weight here by fifty yeah. percent." So you'd be better off adding more reps and blah blah blah. But I got it the wrong way around. Where six to four would be a thirty-three percent reduction, I said it's a thirty-three percent increase. And then when I saw the edit, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm leaving it." And the short got like two million views on YouTube. And it's just everyone arguing about the map. Yeah. So now I'm like, I'm just going to do this. Do you want to know a, a great, a great one to do? Spelling mistakes. Oh yeah. Ooh. Oh, people love correcting we, you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you do is you, you, the subtitles, right? You know how they're all flashing up. Get a couple, like especially if you if you're naming something and it's wrong, get the name of it a bit wrong. Well, welcome to financial freedom, brother. That is people all that, over it. I'm telling you, that people love to correct people. They yeah. love to correct people. So in the comments, it happens all the time. And I'm not going to lie. When I'm watching TikToks and somebody says it wrong, in my head, I'm thinking, you got it wrong. <laughs> yeah. But I know the game, so I don't leave a comment. So I know what you're up to. <laughs> and so, yeah, the game is the game. I love it, though. There are levels. I love it. There's, there's so much stuff. But um, one of the things I wanted to ask was like common fitness myths, because there'll be a lot of people that are super beginner like me and me and Chip. Yeah. Um, and it's just like the the, the common uh, traps that people often get led led into. Okay, so we start with fat loss. Fasted cardio is no superior. So we'll say that again, sorry. Fasted cardio, training without eating, doesn't Fasting. elicit more fat right. loss. Okay. So when, uh, let's imagine, some people are going to kick off me saying this. Let's imagine carbohydrates and fats and protein and your three macronutrients. Proteins used for regeneration, repair, so muscle growth, whatever, but it's also good at filling people up when they're in a fat loss diet. Carbohydrates and fats, your two energy sources. Think of carbohydrates like petrol and like fats, like electric and a hybrid, like a Toyota Prius, like an Uber. Yeah. In the city, they're electric, you're chilling, but then when he gets on the M4 and puts his foot down, it switches to the petrol. Yeah. So we need those uh, macronutrients there. Now, when we train at low intensities, we uh, will utilize fat as a fuel source because it doesn't need much oxygen to be used. But then people say, walk on a treadmill at this in incline and you'll burn fat. What they're actually talking about is fat oxidation, using that fuel source. It doesn't mean fat loss. And the same with fasted cardio. If you don't eat and you go to the gym and you walk on a treadmill, you will use fat as a fuel source, but fat oxidation using that substrate and fat loss are two different things. Fat loss occurs from a net reduction in calories versus your expenditure. So... Um, it doesn't matter when you take the money out the bank throughout the day. If you take a tenner out the ATM before you train or after you train, it's still a tenner out. If your net right. balance will be the same. Okay. So if people want to eat before they go to the gym or eat after, it makes no difference. It's always going to be calories in versus calories out. People try and pick a hole in that science and they say like not all calories are born equal, but calories are a measurement of energy the same way that not all kilometers are equal. You have yeah. a kilometer that's uphill, it's going to feel very different to a kilometer downhill, but we're measuring the distance between one and the other. And some people are like, oh, but uh, human beings can't absorb 100% of a pistachio. And you're like, well, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> calorie counting isn't like a precise, like, carry the two formula. Yeah. It's like you turn up to the fridge and you realize you're not hungry because you've got to actually, you know, those two chocolate biscuits, you scan it and you go, 90 calories, I'd rather save it for later. 
that's the art of calorie counting. But some people like to muddy the water, be like, you know, fasted cardio is better, it's not. And some arguments say that if you are doing training and you do it fed, you can perform better. Yeah. So you could actually burn more calories. But again, it's personal preference. Yeah. The next myth would be high carbs or high fat. Some people out there like keto, you need to go high fat. Some people are like, no, you're an athlete, you go high carbs. If you keep protein and calories the same, it's no difference. I, I, I did a test recently because I'm making a video on my journey through the 75 hard. Um, and one of the tests that I did was something called a fat max test. Um, and it showed me at what my heart rate needs to be before my body switches over and uses carbohydrates as its main like fuel source, I guess. Um, and for me, it was about like the 117 uh, BPM. 117. 117. And that's when I was burning the most amount of fat. And so if I look at that um, and I was there like, okay, look, you know, I want to get super shredded and I want to lose all the, as much fat. Do I want to be staying at that 117 BPM and do uphill walking on a treadmill? Is that beneficial? Or is it just... So let's say you've got, you got fat all around your body. You've got carbohydrates yeah. that stored in the muscle, a sign called glycogen. So it's like already in there. You'd have to go carb-free for days and train quite a lot to deplete your glycogen stores. Yeah. Now, completely right what they're saying, but there's a threshold where fat needs quite a bit of oxygen to be utilized. So with low intensities, you're fine. But as you start to train at higher intensity, the demand for oxygen becomes higher to the point you sh shut off from fats, you need to use carbohydrates. Yeah. Because carbohydrates can uh, be utilized as like a high octane fuel source without the demand for oxygen. So that's the reason that's happening. But ultimately, it shouldn't really matter how hard you're training. If, if you came to me and you're like, James, I need to lose fat faster, I'd reduce the amount of calories you're having. Then it doesn't matter what's going on during the day. It doesn't matter what your heart rate is. It doesn't matter about anything. Same way I joked about this with Piers Morgan. I was like, if your dog was fat, you wouldn't put a heart rate monitor on it and go, oh, look, little, you know, what's, what's your dog's name? You got a dog? Finn. Oh, Finn. Oh, slow him down. His heart rate's gone too high. Slow him down. You just put one less bowl of food out and you walk him a bit further. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. that's it. If your nan was there with a heart rate monitor on the dog, you'd be like, nan, you've lost your head. Yeah. yeah. So people are trying to definitely, you know, did you have to pay for that test? Uh, yeah. yeah. It figures, doesn't it? Like people are like, oh, let's, like, while you're here, yeah. got to test you on something. We've got this machine out back, only cost us 10 grand. And for 142 pound, I'll, I'll let you know. And it's I did a bit of everything. How I, did, I did something called a DEXA scan. So How DEXA is, it, by the way, in total? Um, I think it, like, for, so I had like a full suite of stuff done, like lipid test, all this sort of stuff. And it cost me like a grand. <laughs> Fuck. So the... <laughs> The DEXA was originally used to scan bone density, but it is yeah. a good, like a pretty body composition determination of yeah, bone density, fat mass, fat free mass, muscle mass, etc. Yeah, the ones I don't like are the ones that you hold on to. They're called bioelectrical impedance, like the in body. Yeah. You're like you find them in a lot of like just gyms and slimming worlds as well. Mm. Yeah, they're like come here, Sally, hold on to this. Oh, you gained a pound, you fat slag. Come back next week. <laughs> so like, right, bioelectrical impedance. I'm sure the technology is getting better, but for twenty two pound on Amazon. You're going to give me a piece of equipment I'm going to hold and it's going to send electrical signals through my body and report back the exact amount of bone mass, fat mass, fat-free mass. I can't help but think it's bollocks in some respect where yeah. the people with the DEXA clinic, they've got this fucking 200 grand machine. They'd be out of business if these, these machines were even that accurate. Then we've got a bod pod, which is like air displacement. We've got underwater submersion. So you can determine the weight and density of someone by putting them underwater versus not. Then you've got calipers, 
but the fat calipers, I got taught how to use it, but I never use them with a client because you got someone coming in who's fat, right? Is this the thing where they like clip yeah. it onto the side? Oh, yeah. That's okay. mad, you know? So you've got to get their top off and then you're like, yep, subscapularis, 14, put it into a spreadsheet. Then you've got to do it again. Then if your readings are out by a certain percentage, you've got to do it a third time. Like, and then after that of an hour, you're like, you're fat. <laughs> they're like we we know and then even if someone's progressing oh, i'm feeling so much better my confidence up get your top off so i can pinch your fat like that's mental yeah to me the the key driver i say to people is pictures because ultimately the thing that's going to make you depressed in six months is how you look yeah not your bone density and not how your scan came up because there's no emotional connection to you laying down and looking at your bone structure the emotional connection is with how you look so i always try and bring people back to the photo to the cloth measurements because the emotional connection someone has put in a pair of jeans on their morning four years is going to surpass any scan that they can have. So like I always do become a bit skeptical with all of this shit where people are like checking the blood work. Fantastic. Yeah. Be great to find out. Uh, yeah. Resting glucose, testosterone, even your estrogen, some sense like the blood work, I think is really important. Uh, and getting a once over from a doctor, even when they like fill your glands and like check your lymph nodes and then they do all your reflexology, like, on the knee and stuff yeah. like that. I'm all about that. And I think that if anyone can have like a full medical once in a while, because I don't know about you, when, when life's going really well, you get like a little pain in your side and you're like, I'm dying. Yeah. Do you get that? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, know I had that recently. Oh, thank God. Yeah, no, I, I, I was there. I, I was literally on a website about to book like a heart ECG thing. And I was there like, because nah, I had a, like a little pain. And I was there like, yeah, this is it. This is it. I'm over. This is how it ends. And you, re- you have yeah. your obituary in front of you. You're like, did yeah. so well, started posting now, videos. Do you want know what's even crazier is after that, I also messaged my financial advisor and I said, we need to get a will sorted. Yeah. <laughs> How crazy is that? Just you, that you, one were, thing, bro, you were going through it, man. You were yeah, down yeah, bad. Yeah. Have you had your blood spot yet? Uh, not yet. Not yet. So like, I, I did it really recently. There's going to be a big movement uh, in the next few years when it comes to testosterone. <coughs> testosterone is one of the main feel-good hormones for men and it sinks if you don't get enough sunlight, if you're overweight, if you're not sleeping enough. But like, it's very hard to put your finger on where it is because with men, it's usually a gradual decline that just dies slowly over time. Yeah. Uh, whereas with women, they have uh, conditions like menopause and perimenopause. When they reach 30, 40, most commonly 50, their hormones just drop. And like, for instance, the average age of suicide in women is like between 50 and 55, five, because it's where their testosterone plummets. Now, men, we're seeing decline in testosterone quite aggressively over the years. Now, whether or not this is down to obesity, some people say it's plastics in our environment, all of these things, but... An average man 30 years ago with the same lifestyle as you would have substantially more testosterone than you would just because of the lifestyle factors and everything included, mm. whether it's stress, smartphones or whatever. So like a real determinant now of determining the health or the well-being of a man is to check his testosterone. And a lot of men now are starting to get their bloods done, yeah. start having a look at their free test and like all the things like that. And that'll be a good one because cleaning your lifestyle up will dramatically increase your levels of testosterone your sex drive your libido and even things like aggression everyone seems to think testosterone makes you want to fight it's more like getting up in the morning being like let's go i'm going to the studio filming a podcast smashing the gym walking into the gym hitting your weights and yeah there's a lot of probably men out there that just think that this is life but really there's almost like a perfect concoction to ruin his levels of testosterone and i think that we're going to see in the future a lot of links between uh, mental health degradation, not to say all mental health, but a, a large part of it is down to the amount of testosterone that men have. Interesting. And, and if you find out or you think you have low testosterone, it, it, it instantly, if someone goes to me like, oh yeah, I'm te- like, I'm low testosterone. I'm there like steroids. That's what you need, mate. So first, first of so, all, can you explain that? 
So, so if I find out I've got low testosterone, because and then another thing we get onto, but is is something that I've heard called tonka ali. Tonka ali. Yeah. So that's so, one of the things I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. that's so, supplementation. So like, say you got low test, I say yeah. sweet. Let's have a look at your sleep stat. Send me your whoop stuff. Cool. Yeah. Sleeping enough? Yeah. Maybe we could look at quality of sleep. Even if the whoop maybe wasn't picking up everything, you can do a night where you uh, sleep with uh, like you're wired up to a machine. We could try things like uh, some people mouth breathe a lot when they sleep and snore. Mm, Sometimes yeah, their snoring quality can massively, a lot of bodybuilders, although they don't tell people, they uh, use a mask, uh, continual airway, it's called a CPAP, I think, where they wear a mask when they sleep and it pushes air into their lungs and back out, which sounds like a real bad, unhealthy thing. But the, the thickness of your neck is a big predictor of whether or not you get sleep apnea. But I've had clients before that they're pushed down the line of getting this machine to sleep properly and they wear the mask one night and the next day they're like, wow, they're like, I haven't felt like this in like eight years. They're like, in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. They're like, Whoa. I haven't been sleeping, but my sleep quality has just got so bad. Their wives will often complain or their girlfriends that they stop sleeping in the middle of the night so they don't get any good quality sleep for years on end. Then they wear the mask and it is a bit weird for the missus, but like, they're like, wow, Derek from More Plates, More Dates. I'm pretty sure he wears one. Right. Because he's big guy, everything like that. But so then you'd look at things like that. Then we'd look at supplementation, maybe Tonka Ali, maybe, uh, you know, there's some testosterone supplementation that can help you not even just boost your test, but free up some of your testosterone in your system that can't be utilized. Um, but there's an interesting argument we have at the moment between something called endogenous production and exogenous. If I inject you with test, it's exogenous. It's from the outside, we're putting it in. Right. Whereas if you take supplementation, it could increase your endogenous, your production from the inside out. So ultimately with everything we do, we want to look at endogenous first from the inside out. Can we give you something that's going to boost your production? Right. Peptides are growing in popularity because peptides can help you produce more of the hormones you need. So you can get peptides that help you produce more growth hormone that Rogan and Huberman and people like that take because they're a little bit older. You can get peptides that help you produce things that help you heal quicker. So if you do your ACL playing football, there are peptides that you could take. But then the kind of, the, that would be your first point of call, trying to take something that could help your body produce more of it. Because any man up to the age of 40 shouldn't really be having low testosterone. It's almost likely that it's lifestyle uh, you know, based. based, yeah. But some people do suffer from something called hypogonadism where their testicles just don't function to the level that they should where we produce testosterone. Then anabolic steroids is like really far up here. In the middle ground, there's something called TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, yeah. where you'd be put on a sensible dose of testosterone. If for whatever reason you had to be castrated, one of the first discussions your doctors would be saying is putting you on testosterone replacement because they're like, if he hasn't got any testicles, we need to now give him an exogenous amount of uh, testosterone to yeah. keep him healthy. So uh, there's that argument. So you have this middle ground of TRT, which isn't by any means like a healthy alternative for people. But if you don't have the hormones, you have that. Bodybuilders abuse that level. They'll take four or five, maybe even you know several times the amount of testosterone that is the healthy range to get a super physiological range. Right. Which is where you start. Yeah, anytime I've ever heard TRT, it's usually in the context of steroids. And a lot of guys that take a pretty spicy range of tests, they'll guise it as TRT. You go, bro, you're looking good. They're like, yeah, I'm on TRT. And then straight away, the argument isn't you're on steroids. It's that you're taking a therapeutic dose of testosterone. Right. There's some muddy waters between what that dose can look like. Right, right. Okay. Um, but it's not like an all amazing thing. You know, there are issues between fertility. And the easiest way I could explain this is like, I drive a Golf R. It's a mm. fantastic car. If I tune that car and take it to a garage to get tuned where it can drive faster, get better performance, rev higher, there always is the chance that potentially that could negate the engine's 
durability, the engine's longevity, you are abusing that engine for the short term for performance. And there will always right. be issues. The reason the manufacturer built it to a certain spec is so that it wouldn't blow the engine or whatever. Yeah. So we do need to appreciate that when we do get super physiological ranges of testosterone, there can be a, a whole plethora, good word, of uh, issues that can come because of it. So yeah. it's a complex debate, something that people should definitely be having between them and their physician. But it's a trend we're definitely going to see as rates of testosterone do decline over the next few years and future. The testosterone is never going to come back to its rate it was. Whether there are some conspiracy theories that there's too much of the contraceptive pill in tap water from where women piss it out. Oh, no, I've seen that one, yeah. Whoa. Or plastics, phthalates. There's, um, so someone told me once not to touch a receipt. And I was like, bro, get your tin hat off your waist. Yeah, man. yeah. And I Googled it and I was like, oh. So the type of paper they use with receipts, <laughs> it's a type that's, have you read about this? No, but it sounds ridiculous. Google it. <laughs> Google it. I'm pretty sure it's called like phthalates well, or something. Anti-receipts. Um, Re if you put in receipts, PubMed, and then um, PUBMED, because you'll find a study now, uh, hit that and see what you get. There this you go. One. Yeah. Holding All right, so explain this then. So they're finding uh, the phthalates or this material that you're getting from receipts in people's blood after they're handling them. And even in the urine here, there might be another one. If you scroll down to the abstract, oh, the are here. fucked. Well, yeah. So now there's like a big movement of people saying not to touch receipts. And I thought this was all. Do you want a receipt? Nah, man. Get no. that shit away from me. What the fuck? Like, yeah, to get that away from <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, see if you can back up, see if there's another study as well. So like, I'm not 100% sure of this, but let's just say I haven't touched a receipt in a few months. Like, so if you've got like a store manager or something that's handling these all day, there is stuff from it getting into the bloodstream. A mate of mine's just gone into business where they're trying to create it. So every time you tap and you pay for something on your card, you get a digitalized receipt. Mm. And this is a big That's part hard. of their argument as well. You know, like it's annoying where you buy something for the boys. You're like, oh, I might expense that. Yeah. And then you haven't got the receipt. Yeah. But yeah, so they're endocrine disrupting chemical found in store receipts. So endocrine relates to all your hormones in the body. So um, it doesn't take a huge amount of things like people, for instance, people say, um, don't leave bottled water in the sun because of what it does to the plastics Plastic, into the yeah. water. It's a similar kind of thing to that. Mm. But that's you know, really I, never, yeah, I never think of shit like that. But yeah, that's so interesting. So now like protecting your testosterone. Someone gave me a glass of tap water the other day. I was like, <laughs> I was like, you're trying to kill me? Yeah, like, I don't yeah. do tap water. No, nah, we don't fuck with tap water. When you look Unless, at them pipes, you ever seen no. the inside of them pipes, man? I don't I'm not going to drink from that. Yeah, especially like in London, I won't drink tap water. But up in Scotland, I live in like a little village in nowhere and it, the water there is better than any bottled water. You're drinking from like the river or? You essentially From are, the springs, but, isn't it? Peckham Springs. Mm. Peckham Springs. Fuck me. <laughs> Peckham Reservoir. Just a load of but yeah, shit. That, that's probably my biggest conspiracy theory I've got at the moment. What, the receipts? Yeah, so someone touches one, I'm yeah. like, oh. No, nah, but the but, thing but is, who, nah, who no, wins? I'm, I'm going to follow that now. That? Who, I guess just the people that make receipt paper. It's, it's something to do with like the thermal printing because it's pretty old technology yeah. but yeah I'm not I'm not smart enough to get into that debate I'll just, this is where I'm the middle ground I'm like hey go look at that yeah 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 go look at just that have, just might have be, a little peek might be started thing. by environmentalists to turn receipts electric what's that? it might be started by sort of yeah. eco-warriors yeah. to turn well, that's receipts what you're saying, electric mate, you, you, your yeah. mate might have paid you to Hidden come agenda. on here and, and, and get this cracking yeah. my first brand deal yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you not do brand deals then? nah like it, it definitely comes from a place of like where I was at first only trying to grow a social to be a better well-known PT. I never really wanted to have a big following. It's just kind of the byproduct of it. And there's, they're not ripping on all creators, but people pivot quite quick. So let's say you're a PT and now suddenly yeah. you're bigging up some prebiotic yogurt or whatever. It doesn't, to me, it just doesn't align with brand values at all where 
I can't be like straight to the edge and calling someone, like calling someone out in their life and get them to divorce their missus. And then suddenly for fucking 10 grand, I'm promoting a moisturizer. Right, right. Mm. For me, the, although I'd be a, a lot wealthier now if I did brand deals, I kind of want to play the long game. I want to be here in 10 years going, yeah. I want the haters to be waiting for me to sell out. Mm. I'm patient, I'll wait. Yeah, yeah. Now, like, um, it's so true though. For me, yeah, it's just never been a thing. Like, and I and I also think your uh, a large part of your your content is calling out bullshit as well. So the moment you start accepting these deals or whatever, if you get caught promoting something and then somebody goes, "Oh, you're 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 quick to dog on this product, but you've just promoted this uh, one, which has you straight, which right? has which has issues as well." So yeah, it's yeah, I've got to keep that eight mile ending where you know they they know everything, and that's the reason I talk yeah. about like snorting coke or ketamine or whatever. Because yeah. if the no thing, one can come out and be like, "This I seen this guy write the fattest line." on the weekend and he's like well yeah, yeah. I, I, I told him about it on the podcast yeah, it, was yeah. on, it was on his story you know like <laughs> yeah. was it Danny Dyer like he did a massive slug and like yeah. sees it and everyone's like yeah it's just Danny Nobody, yeah see that, that that's a massive thing like if, if you have somebody that comes like for example Chip theoretically yeah if there were to be a video of you leaked of you doing a massive line everyone go yeah, yeah, that's shit. I'm fucking. Whereas, re- whereas I'm, I'm, I'm retweeting. JJ, it, or, you know, KSI allegedly, did, allegedly, allegedly did a did a massive bumper gear. Yeah, everyone go what? Yeah, the everyone go great. But the thing is, as well, right? So many people that follow you and watch this podcast have their little weekends of like being a little bit naughty and sharing mm. a bag and going out. And when they wake up on Sunday, they feel like a piece of shit. They feel like they're never going to amount to something. They feel like they're ruining their lives. And the fact they can look up to you two and go, do you know what? Those two like to have a bit of fun as well. But at the same time, they're ambitious. They're killing it in their work life. They're making money. They're like doing all these things for the people around them. It can make those people feel better. And all you got to do is just take a bit of transparency on the chin that your mum mm-hmm. and dad won't be happy about it. And I think that's something not to take lightly because I think it's great. Just to clarify, we're not bagheads. Allegedly. Like, like, just, just, al- allegedly, you know, we go out on the weekend. Allegedly. 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 But like, I think there's a tremendous power to that because it can differentiate you where people, let's say, you know, they're, yeah. they're on their YouTube homepage and see your video and someone else, they go, he tucks into a little bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me, let me support a fellow bag creator. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is You're helping by... small businesses, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tiny businesses. But like, have you ever seen it in people's eyes where they're, they're like doing a brand deal and you can just see their soul escape them? Yeah. And they're like, they're looking down the camera like, so ever since I've been using Athletic Greens, my, my even Joe Rogan doesn't sound legit. This podcast, you can tell he's just reading, sponsored by Athletic well, first Greens. 10 minutes is just real. But, but, but I almost think, you see when he's doing that, and as a viewer, we can tell that he's not really backing it. I think there's also just like, we've, we both signed this agreement. Like, look, I ain't really going to get involved in that. You don't really give a shit, but I want to support you and make sure you get your bag. So Someone's just like keep a, going with it. And we, we just made a yeah. secret agreement here to, mm, to get know, the money. I saw, I saw Chunks do this, right? Where Chunks did a Pringles ad. And I went to the comments and everyone's like, get that money. It's like a different yeah. mentality. Yeah. And I was like, do you know what? Fair play to growing your audience that want to see you win. Mm. And like when people were saying to Chunks, get that bag, get that money. I was like, fair play, bro. Like, yeah, that's, what you want. that's my career over. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, Pringles, nah. Pringles, where you at? Where yeah, you at? yeah, yeah, seriously. But it's true. It, it, we, have, we have a very similar, like, I know when we signed this Spotify deal, yeah, bro, it went off. Everyone was there, like, "Yeah, my boy's got the fucking bag, like all this." So we're yeah. lucky that we have a very similar audience in that sense as well. Um, a lot of people complain because there's a lot of ads on our podcast on Spotify, which we don't control. But this isn't free. Like my, yeah. for me, my production was like my bedroom floor for three years. Someone's got to pay for this. Mm. Yeah. Well, someone's got to pay fucking Prodigy's wages. You know, he he, he ain't a fucking volunteer. Astronomical That's as well. Over here, who's just a morale booster. Like we have to pay for that too. We got to pay. We got to pay up. Um, 
yeah, yeah. So we do invest it all like all we, of I it. mean yeah i mean every year we change up the theme you got any ideas what what what, what can be our next we demolish this set we do a new one what should we do we want to do more of a laid back yeah we we you know like what you're talking about andrew schultz's set where it's like <laughs> couches a little bit more chill because this is quiet you got to sit up right i do, I do i'm quite, always thinking about my posture i, up here I do well. quite like this maybe you have something like this the first time a guest's on but then the second phase of it they go to more sat down more relaxed we just fire. need to take the whole room so we can actually change set move across so we actually keep this one but then what, <laughs> move that, move, move one of the sets. Fa phase then. one is sober sat upright with an energy drink. Phase two is sat down with alcohol. Phase yeah. three, you bring in the mushrooms. <laughs> and we just do, yeah, we do like a filthy like trivia. Have you, have you ever done... Um, There's a market for that, by the way. DMT. Yes. Podcast what was that like? So, have we ever had somebody that's done No, DMT we haven't. Yet? No, we always no. ask though, don't yeah. we? So yeah. I got wasted at a house party. It was a few years ago when I was younger. You know, call my mum and dad. Gonna... Anyway. Yeah. And all I remember is smoking it in like a blunt and like everyone that I was looking at like kind of looked like they were turned to plastic and I don't remember any of it. And the next day I was bummed because I was like, fuck, I smoked DMT last night. Don't remember it. I spoke about it on a podcast and I was in a bar on a night out and a guy comes up to me. He's like, you need it in a vape. So I was like, okay. He's like, give me your Insta, message me. And the guy came and delivered it to me on roller skates in Bondi. I was like, no. Of course he fucking did. And apparently he wasn't a dealer. He was just getting it for me. I was like, cool. And then he showed me how the vape works and stuff. Like random guy I met in a bar. I was like, come in, come in. And um, I could sense he might want to do it with me. So I was like, all right, get out you get. So I got my noise cancelling headphones. I went out onto the balcony and I put on London grammar. Hey now. Yeah. And I put it on and I hit it like pretty hard, like three, four times in the, in, in the, uh, vape closed my eyes and i had the wildest like four minute trip just sat there but i felt safe i felt comfortable and as i came out my first epiphany was to people like who you are or what you do mm. Shit, man. and that took me a long time to think about i was like if i didn't do what i do would people like me for who i am and i couldn't shake it like for months i was like interesting but then i kind of came to terms with it's okay for people to like you for what you do not who you are right so that was a wild one. So then I was like, okay, I need more answers. <laughs> the next time I went in. Belled up Mr. Roller Skates. Come back, mate. We've this got, we this vape to... lasts for ages. I think I spent maybe like a hundred pounds on it. But then another time I got all my mates around and I sat there, we were all just sipping a few beers and I would take them outside to the balcony, give them the headphones, say, here's your vape. Come in when you're ready. And people would come in all with different epiphanies. Like one guy would come in and go, it was five minutes. One song was the trip. And he'd come in. I thought in my head it was like a, does it feel so, like five minutes does it feel, I, I, I thought does it was it feel more like, like ages. Uh, feels like hours. That's yeah. what scares me about it. You get no, like no, a no, message. It's, trip, it's like, about five minutes. Like, I, one night I went for a hero dose and it was about seven minutes. It was two songs. Yeah. But like, I felt really safe doing it. But the craziest thing is where I've done mushrooms and LSD, doing DMT made me slightly agnostic. Whereas I've never believed in a God. This last trip, I was like, I still don't believe in a God, but there's something. Yeah, because mm. I went through the dimensions of the universe and I I was going through time, space and time and then the second trip I did I felt what can only be explained as the periodic table of emotions from the highest highs to the lowest lows to the anxiety to the nothing matters in life and then as I came out of the trip the trip kind of said to me the reason you don't ex experience extreme sadness is because the way you live your life you're sensible you make right decisions you're respectful to people but then at one point it said the reason you don't experience the extreme highs is because you don't let anyone in you haven't got a girlfriend. You're too worried about getting hurt and being vulnerable. Mm. So I came out and I was like, fuck, I was like, I need to try and find like a, a, a serious relationship. So every time I did it, it was like a truly net beneficial response. A lot of people listening, like, again, not endorsing that people do this or whatever, although I do make it sound pretty good. <laughs> but all of these trips to me, like my last mushroom trip convinced me to want to have kids. 
yeah. sat there on the beach for like two hours thinking about how many people have had children and survived this like massive line of lineage for hundreds of thousands of years for you to get to this point and go nah yeah i'm sorry you know, like, yeah 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 like who the fuck are you to say to say you know this bloodline's finished yeah, yeah people yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm finishing this shit now like imagine in scotland it's fucking freezing right imagine the layers they had to wear for 365 days a year washing their arsehole in a river like all of this stuff like, <laughs> is that what you love like, what the fuck and they're there with the baby and they're like you're gonna live we're gonna give you and then you cherish it all the way to the age that then that child can have kids and then yeah. all of this for hundreds of thousands of years now people get to the point going nah don't really want kids and like for me now that last mushroom trip i was like it's so important i continue the lineage yeah. but like all of these trails of thought they must have been in my mind before but it helped me unlock them so yeah, yeah. The, the dmt one's really interesting where it i've done therapy and dmt was better for me really so did you uh this is all just i guess i've never done it uh is it people when they've described it i mean i listened to quite a bit of joe rogan as well and he, he and it, well he went through a phase of fucking talking about it all the time but he said that or and maybe not him but from what i listen to it's like an outer body experience is it's, that is that what it's like it was like i was when i closed my eyes and although i could still feel i was in my body i was going through like space and time in the universe it's crazy right but the best thing about it kind of the caveat to all of it is since the last few times I did DMT and mushrooms, I'm now in a position where uh, I always felt that when I started hitting the, the vape or eating the mushrooms or whatever, I was wanting answers to questions I hadn't thought of yet. Interesting. So that's how I'd explain psychedelics. If you need answers to questions you don't know yet, that's where to go. But the last two, three years of my life, I actually don't need any answers. So with DMT, I ended up giving the vape to my friend. I was like, I'm done. I was yeah. like, I've, I've actually got everything I need from this and I haven't touched it in years. Like, could, you, could you see people almost getting like addicted to, to not not really to that or not really? And again, I'm not saying this from like a, a place from your I've personal from my personal opinion. Yeah. No, it was like it, it's not Moorish. Like with the beer, you have one, you're like, but like with everything else, it's kind of like no one does a tab of LSD and like in the end of the evening, it's do another one. And if they do, like maybe Lord, no, Lord maybe this ain't for you then. Those are crazy times, man. <laughs> so like, yeah, it, for me, it, it's crazy. It was an immature experience that helped me mature. Yeah. And like, when I look back to some of my best decisions in life, it's crazy. It's come from things that have altered my state of reality where like the first time you take these things, you're like, why are we conditioned to drink alcohol our whole lives? That just makes me an idiot. The first time I took MDMA and went to festivals, my friends were like, you're so much nicer. And I, they, I found out I was an asshole when I drank. They're like, you'd be getting us in a headlock at this time. You know, uh, yeah. or you'd be barging into people because you're drunk. Now you're there. I remember being at We Are once and like, as I was coming up on MD, I just suddenly was worried that everyone didn't have enough water. There was a couple next to us, not even my friends. You do more. You know when they like have the bottle of water and there's nothing in it? Yeah. So I have one of mine. No, you know, that's like, nice though, man. That's yeah, wholesome. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens though when you're, when you're on it. Yeah. Well, uh, allegedly. People. Yeah. Allegedly. 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 allegedly you got to take that one with you. Take that home is um, all you've got to say. But you, you well, one of the things that I saw when you were doing your, um, uh, through Instagram is you talk a lot about confidence as well. Um, and because you, you go around and you do talks as well, like public speaking and things like that. And I think at least confidence, I mean, we briefly spoke on it when we were talking about that video that I did with um, uh, one model versus a hundred virgins. Um, and a lot of guys that I've noticed um, really struggle with just confident speaking to people, going up to going up to new people. And I, I would say I was probably one of those guys until I started becoming successful in my own right. Gold play button. Yeah, you yeah, you know what? When that first, thing, nah, to be fair, even then it was a little bit like, 
yeah, FIFA videos didn't quite do it for my confidence. But um, yeah, with age came a lot of confidence and, and just being totally cool with with who I was. But it'd be great to hear from from somebody that almost like talks and speaks to other people about how to be confident. Because I know there's definitely a lot of people listening, watching that you know, they're happy with their life, but they would certainly prefer to be more confident. And I think being confident is probably one of the best attributes anybody can possess. I'll give three bits of advice. The first one would be relating to fitness. Like if you lads came to the gym, I wouldn't try and get you to do something you couldn't. I would find out what you could do. So let's say you're like, oh, I can bench 75 kg. Cool. You're not there crying that you can't do hundred. And if I got you to do hundred, you'd be like, this is stupid. But from 75, we then work hard to get you to 80, to then to 85, then to 90. And in time, we get to that point that you want. But then in the world of like, let's say confidence, you've got a mate who's like, oh, I'm petrified to go chat to a bird. You're like, okay, could you go over and say hello? Could you say, could you smile? Could you just go over and just say, oh, I like, I like what you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now, if you can break it down to the point of finding out what they can accomplish, you should get them to do that. Because if they do enough reps at that, soon the next thing, okay, say hello, then a compliment. Cool. Next, say hello, compliment, then drop a cheesy joke. Or, you know, ask them where they're from. Build ask up. them their name. Yeah, you build up. It's progressive overload. Mm. This is the yeah. main concept of fitness. So number one is about appreciating what you can do now and just work from there. Like, if you were to compliment someone in a fucking Starbucks in the queue, you probably make their day because people don't talk to each other anymore. Especially uh, in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Like, London. Everyone's like, yeah. uh, number two would be uh, understanding that confidence, like, it's more about your relationship with failure than it is your relationship with success. And we've all got like an ugly ginger mate who can pull birds. You know, how the fuck is he doing this? But the truth is like, he, he's not concerned with it not going right. He's not bothered. He can, failure to him is like water off a duck's back. And it's the people that are so fine with failure that end up being successful. And people need to appreciate that with every time you fail, you build your level of like competence. Every time one of your videos bombs, you're learning. Mm. Yeah. And in some respects, you Got look back. Hella learning, man. And it's, <laughs> and it's, it. But the thing is, now you're at the position where people uh, call you confident because, they're like, oh, well, you posted for years on your channel with only getting like a small amount of views. Uh, so therefore, you must have been confident as a precursor. You're like, no, well, actually, I did something I enjoyed for a long enough period of time that it made me confident. It wasn't the other way around. People seem to think that you were confident. That's why you were successful. Right. You weren't. You were successful because you did what you wanted. People don't need much motivation when they're doing what they wanted. Then come the end of it, you build that kind of confidence. And uh, probably the third thing is like, ever, I seem to think that even the concept of confidence is bullshit in some respects. You either did or you didn't. And to not do something is still a choice. So... If you go to Starbucks, there's a girl, you think she's fit, she's in a red dress and you really wanted to say hello and you didn't do it. Let's take confidence out of the equation. You either picked action or inaction. And people that go through life constantly picking an action, an action, an action, they need an excuse that they can wear to make them feel better. And they say to themselves, I'm just not a confident person, mm. which I think is just the bullshit excuse they feed themselves. Oh, I wish it was, I wish I was confident. It's okay for you too. Or with your big channels or, you know, oh, it's all right for you doing a podcast because you got a big, you're like, shut the fuck up. Just because you continually picked a path of inaction, don't come to me who took more paths of action that were uncomfortable, that were putting me in an awkward place or whatever it is. So ultimately, people, the next time they're at a crossroads of either doing it or not doing it, there's a choice. And if they want to wear the choice of not doing it as not being confident, cool, keep chatting shit. But eventually when you get to that crossroad, you're just going to have to pick the path of action. Because even if you do chat to the girl and she shuts you down or she doesn't speak English or she lies about having a boyfriend you can walk away with that and tick it as a success metric because you get to determine what success is in your life. So for any YouTube creator now, you could say success is posting the fucking video, not it getting a million views. Mm. 
Because if you set the success metric as a million views, you're five years away from being happy. So to anyone out there, next time the, the road appears in front of you to either do the thing or not do the thing, do the fucking thing. And if it doesn't work out, be proud of yourself because you did it. Yeah. So like everything boils down to that. And I said three, but there's one more. There's a, there's, I learned this from Chris Williamson. It's called, uh, there was a, a Soviet psychologist called Bloomer's Iconic, and they realized that waiters and waitresses remember tabs on tables up until the point the bill is paid. So if I was to grab a waitress, go, what's on number seven? She'd be like, oh, two steak and chips, one Pepsi Max, one blah, 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 blah. But the second they pay the bill, they forget what they've ordered because it's no longer important. So what they've come to realize is open tasks in your mind take up more cognition than closed tasks. If something's on your mind, it'll be on your mind all day. So if you don't go talk to the girl, you think about it all day. What if I'd spoken to her? What if I'd done this? What if I'd done that? It's like the time you're swiping on an app and you accidentally swipe the wrong way. You're like, that could have been my wife. That could have been my future <laughs> yeah, wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like these, these loops and that we And then you got to get gold to get the undo button, you know what I'm saying, bro? And, and that's cost you a penny. Yeah. And this happens in your YouTube content. The reason you create a hook at the beginning is to open a loop in their minds that they need to close. The reason you create stakes, payoffs, whatever it is. In psychology, we create loops in people's minds so they need to close it, but we get these ourselves. So when people go through life's being shy and being scared of taking a path of action, they're opening these loops that they can't stop thinking about. So one of the kind of call to actions in my most recent book was like, whenever a loop arises, try and close the loop because even if it didn't go the way you wanted, you don't have to think about it. You've got closure on it. So if someone is scared to chat to a girl, well, if you close the loop every time you chat to a girl, you're going to have a fucking easier day than you are if you never talk to them. And I think that that, that continued stress through people's lives and not doing things is enough to send them borderline fucking insane. Yeah. I think, I think w one of the things that at least stands out to me is, is people just too worried about the idea of failure. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was one of the things that at least for me, and uh, I'm not talking in, in reference to like chatting to girls or whatever. It's even, even just to the point of starting up the fella studios, for example, it's a like, that type of failure of, of, of attempting to build a company and things like that, like that is the most public form of failure, right? Because mm. everybody knows it didn't work, it, you know, all this. But ultimately, there's no way for me to, I, I would always be thinking like that what if, like that has been opened and it would constantly be on my mind, oh, what if I did this? It, but it was about being able to accept like me failing at this is completely fine. And, and the moment that does happen, I'll go on to the next thing and then, I, and eventually I will get it right. Um, and I think the moment that somebody just accepts that failure is a positive thing that you can class actually as success, you can reclassify it, is the moment then that you start taking risks. And, and, and then when you start taking those risks, that's when you start seeing like the big payoffs, the big wins. Um, but it's just about getting over that initial thing about understanding that it's almost like the word failure has such a negative connotation, which rightfully it does because failure is 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 bad in that sense but you can it, you can change the way your mind thinks about that and the moment you pivot on that i think your life will change dramatically the person who's completely fine with failing is perceived as confident yeah it's it's not a characteristic trait it's not something that you have it's just an attitude i think the quicker people can see it as an attitude the better when I used to knock on doors for a living, I remember I was in Gloucester, GL1. That's where I went to yeah. uni. Uh, bro, bro dropped the postcode on him right there. <laughs> Come find me, GL1. If there was ever a like, place in the world to be told to fuck off in a West Country accent, yeah. people would be like, Come in. And they're like, Hold on, I'm not with Empower. I'd be like, Exactly. They thought I was there to read the meter. They'd be like, Get the fuck out. <laughs> but like, um, one day I tried to quit and um, I rang my boss. I was like, I'm fucking hating this. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And he pulls over his car, he opens his laptop and he presses some keys and he goes, you make one sale every hundred doors. That's pretty good. He goes, how many more sales do you need today? I said, oh, two. 
he goes, knock on 200 more doors and then put the phone down. And I was like, oh. So then every time I knocked on a door, knowing that it was only one in a hundred, I would knock, give my sales pitch, and I would actually be quite looking forward to them to just rejecting me and saying no so I can move on to the next one. Mm. So I took that approach with a lot of stuff on social media. I was like, cool. And then when someone was like, oh, actually, I'm thinking of changing providers, I was like, oh, fuck, I'll come in then. So like, if people can have that like tenacity towards anything, like imagine if you go out and you're like, even when I used to PT in the gym in Bracknell, I'd finish a shift and then I'd look at my shitty car outside and I'd be like, talk to 10 people. Just talk to 10 people, then go home. So I go and be like, hi, my name's James, I'm PT. Yeah, see you later, bye. Yeah, next person. I'll be like, okay, I'm at six. Hi, my name's James. They're like, oh, I'm thinking of PT. Oh, fuck's sake, go on then. And I'd sit with them. Like, But the yeah. idea was that I would just talk to 10 people. So like, if you don't make it about succeeding in that thing, you just make it about doing it, then you can be happy. And let's say you do post on fucking YouTube for 10 years and it never takes off. You can live with that. Yeah. yeah. You can get to the end of that and go, fair play. I tried. But if you never fucking did it, you're haunted with that. That mm. loop is open to the grave. You know, I should have posted more. <laughs> yeah. I should have made better thumbnails. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I also think, it, 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 I mean, we can use the YouTube as an example, but it goes across anything, is that a lot of people will try something, but too scared to go all in on it because then the failure is 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 much more do you know what i mean so you could say oh somebody posted on youtube for 10 years yeah but you never actually gave it a proper go you didn't actually try and make it successful you just did it so that you could maybe say i i tried it it didn't work so what do you what's the situation there because yeah somebody you know closed the loop i suppose because they did give it a go but you didn't Really, but, but maybe I guess you you didn't close it because you you deep down you know that you didn't actually give it the full beans. You know? That's another tape one, isn't it? He goes, mm. "Never in life does someone give it their all to something and not succeed." Yeah, he's like, point, "That's interesting." He's like, "Point me in the direction of someone that gave absolutely everything they had and they failed, flopped it." Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "I'm waiting." Because if they did flop it, they must have not given everything. This is they alleged, had. Yeah, yeah. It's allegedly. I don't follow him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, huh. No, it, it's super interesting to hear stuff about that. Um, and what is your is what is your main demographic? Who what what type of people watch your stuff? It's grown with men, so it used to be a lot yeah. more women. It used yeah. to be a lot more like fat loss, uh, women engaged. But the reason that I'm like excited about growing YouTube is I actually feel like I've got more in common with guys now, especially guys such as yourselves who are a little bit younger than me. Yeah, like so guys who are 25 to 35. I feel like I actually have life experiences that I can share with them. Yeah. Whereas it's very hard to give advice to women when you're not one. And I did a TED talk on the menstrual cycle and that stuff, but you're always like living through a life of things that you've not really accomplished. Been through. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to get into uh, more of a male demographic where I can be a bit more hands-on because I've had, I was loose in my twenties. Like I was a bit wild. Mm. Like, rugby player, tour, tour, lads, lads, you know, we get up Is it true shit. that you lot just like drink piss? Where I like, was, truthfully, not so much, but there, there would be some questionable shit, like whether it was, um, yeah, what, there's one thing they call a bird bath where a guy like gets his scrotum and puts drink in it and gets like players to drink out of the bird bath. That is fuck? fucking like, crazy. For me, I would happily do, I, there's a you, time. You would happily do, do the bird bath. No, no, no. I would, <laughs> I would rather do like the Spider-Man. So on the bus, you open all the shelves above and you got to get naked and climb your whole way from the front to the back of the bus. <laughs> so it's like, so you're just doing like a Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm telling you. How'd you feel? You slapping about. My, I, my claim to fame was the no-handed man Vagina. So, like, you know, you know how to do a man. Yeah, you right? yeah, just took yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, I do mine no, no handed. Ooh, so, like, you have to create swing the it, catch Oh, it. <laughs> and you catch it. Oh, that I'm gonna try that. Have so you I, um, had any bad experience with that way? Cool. Uh, well, actually, the, the best experience I had was in Early Beach. I was traveling and there was like a ladies' night, and the guys we just all got dressed <laughs> up as women. But this was back where you could wear a dress and it was funny. So, like, um, 
well dressed went out it was amazing it's like 35 degrees up there and like no undies dressed lovely and they're like oh we need some lads for the talent show so i was like yeah i'm coming up and when i got on stage i realized i hadn't fucking thought of anything so i just in front of like 200 backpackers just lifted up my skirt and did no hand in mangina pulled it off that's I, mega I we're gonna third. need it you came third <laughs> yeah. out of our minute there must have been like 10 of us three oh, okay this 22 stone like tongan lad came on and did the fucking worm <laughs> perfect that's I was like, yeah but it's not gonna be how can i compete with that let yeah. me get my chopper we're gonna out. need yeah. a demonstration i'm sure go back through the elevator just to do some prep <laughs> just for the thing. No, so, well we've told this story well, a bunch of times but in Austra when we did our australian tour we uh some guy we were asking for talents and the guy said oh i've got a massive cock and so we he came up on stage and we were like right you're gonna do that he's like i need to uh Need to get ready yeah, and i was like, like oh, right, in the back. Okay. yeah so he's just fucking stroking it in the back then he came out and uh he didn't have a massive cock was it not big no. not really we had a lad at uni i won't name him alex waters and, um, <laughs> it became like a curse because every time i had three beers i'd be like i'll oh, get your cock out like come on mate like in a nice Please way get your cock but it'd be like a party trick and no one believed me and i'd be like we used to call it like a baby's arm holding an apple and we always used to be like but they're there was tough times, sorry, Waltz. Um, but like, he once started dating a girl and then they couldn't have sex. Yeah. So like, it was a problem. So not only did people like me make him get his cock out and nights yeah. out, we would also be the guy that we'd keg the most. Like, you go in Tesco's, yeah. he'd have two bags of shopping, <laughs> you keg him, yeah. he has to put the shopping down, pull his trousers up, goes down to get his shopping, you keg him again. Um, makes me sound like a bad friend. But yeah, you make him get it out all the time. And I wouldn't, I've never told this story before, but because it's the fellas. Like, yeah, yeah you get away with it. There's a lad who was at Bath Uni. This is about a good 10, maybe 12 years ago. And he was a doorman. I won't reveal his name because he's probably hard as fuck. Yeah. But his party trick was he had a massive cock. And the boys were like, oh, go on, show him, show him. And I was like, what? I was like, I've seen a big cock before. But they were like, nah, he can put his bell end up his own asshole. And I was like, what? I didn't, believe, tried that though. I didn't believe it. He showed it to me. This is just during pre-drinks for a night out. I've, I don't think I've slept right since. What? So he's got a Ooh. massive piece that goes all the way around and fits in his ass. Sure, mm. that needs to be like 12 to 14 inches. Mate, he, he used to have to tuck, he tuck his balls to the side. But yeah, it was it was incredible. That's mega. Like, yeah, no, but I, okay, like, yeah, that's all like, jokes and all. But when you, when you get down to get busy on, on a chip, like... Yeah. The, the sex is going to be shit I reckon I'll, about, hate, I'll hate to have a massive cock or even average size for that matter yeah <laughs> like anything, yeah, anything more than three inches is Guys, just too it's big it's really tough yeah, yeah really, really tough. difficult <laughs> yeah uh, I, we, don't, we don't have any none of our friends have, as, as a massive cock we're no. all just so fucking three average. inches is perfect although right? Theo's got a tiny cock that's a one inch wonder that Theo does have a tiny cock but, but then I also think like it really is just about the way he uses it. You know what I mean? He's a like, dog, man. He's, he's a dog. A dog. He's got it's the a small dog. Like, you need the latest iPhone because you use it all day. Yeah. But with your cock, even if you're having sex every day, which you're not going to for very long, it's less than a quarter of a percentile of the day. So if you can make up, if you've got a good personality, right, yeah. and you're funny, mm. and you're ambitious and all that, then looking at percentages, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. you're chilling. It's not about the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Nah, yeah, but... Do you know what? No, there definitely is. I think I think there is a limit that it can go down to <laughs> before like we say because that there's chodes. It, yeah, yeah I've never seen a chode by the way in person. Yeah. I want to see a chode in person. Jamie, pull that. I up. can show yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want. No, I kind of do want to see one. Pull one up, quick. I don't, right. I don't know if they're like uh, you. I, because the, the, it seems quite novel, like the concept of it, We're the ready. fact that it's wider than Here it is long. Oh wow. 
The fact that it's wider than it is long, it just seems... Okay. Come on, get me the real shit. No. Boy! <laughs> that's not a... What <sighs> is going on Damn. here? Yeah, get me a chode, man. No. No. Well, that's, that's, just, that was that's just a tiny cup. That was, right. that was small. <laughs> that was massive, yeah. right? What is go- well, I mean, I guess this is a model of one. No, no, on the left there. Uh, yeah. Oh, was that a toad? Hold on. Go to that. Is that an animal? No, that's a, that's a small... Walking that's chode. a fruit. See what I mean? I don't know if chodes exist. Yo, I think Google fell not, off. You know man. the that... uh, lad out the hangover, the Asian fella in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Chow. Yeah, that's his name. So that's his real cock in the hangover. No, right? it's not. Yep, Google it. He said it in an interview. Mr. Chow, real cock hangover. Um, the, he could have been lying, but they were saying, "Oh, you've got a really small cock." But he was like, "I've got three kids." He was like, "Wait, what's that oh, got wait, to do?" Yeah, Mr. Chow, and what's that showing his uh, small, small winky? winky. He probably gets it up, but he's like, I've got kids, so who cares? Um, I know a guy who's now a very successful actor uh, and he's been in a few big shows and there was a scene where he had to get his penis out um, and it was massive. And obviously like all of us were like in the group chat, like what the fuck? He's just got his dick out on this TV show. It's huge. Yeah. Turns out it was a prosthetic dick. They no. made him put a fake penis on because we'd heard it's a decent size, yeah. but it was fucking huge. So they, yeah, they nah, put, these are, oh. they're just trying to finesse us then. Yeah. Wait, but, scroll up. But this is the same, right? The cube guys do this all the time to each other. Yeah. Whether it's having a little play on it before going to the showers, allegedly. Yeah. Um, but then even with like hairlines, right? I'm looking at a list of celebrities that have had hair transplants, not because I was thinking about or anything. Yeah. No, but, we're, we're, we're actually going to do, me, me and we, you're more than welcome to join us. We're going to do a big lads trip. Turkey. Turkey, yeah. Right, they're doing but like, so a lot of people that I thought were just blessed. They're not. Yeah. They've just had fucking had, hair yeah. transplants. Yeah. Even Beckham. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to believe it. Theo Vaughn, I think he's had something called like PRP. So like now I'm getting to the point where, yeah, I'm receding quite a bit. So I'm looking at men's hairlines. Like when you have a little look and. Scouting it. But then yeah. some people you got to say to them like, you're a fucking hair transplant. They're like, yeah, did it a couple of years. And you're like, you you bastard. You've been making me feel bad. But the thing is, you go to anywhere in the world, like normal place. I was in Croatia. 70% of dudes are just going bald and they're just living life. Mm, but for us, is, us, we're like comparing cocks, comparing hairlines. Yeah. Like looking at each other's sub count. You know, yeah. it's all the, all the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Look like at um, this one though. Yeah. Oh, this, yeah, oh, by the way, this guy on TikTok's a creep. Is that like this it, is the dorking dorking manager? Is that going? That's like the process, though, right? That's yeah, like yeah, halfway through. Done. Now he's had it done, and it's yeah, he's just had it done. It's fresh. Yeah, yeah. yeah but like, fresh. it looks a bit sloped down this side here. No, 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 no give it time. It, bro. No, give no, it time. No, no, let him cook. Let it grow. Then let him get trimmed. Yeah, he's going to be. I don't understand the hate hair hair transplants get because women get boob jobs and no one bats People think they do. Nah, people say some people. It's guys hating on other guys for improving their situation. Yeah, yeah. But like the thing is, so one thing. This again, it's not really a conspiracy theorist, but something to you get someone that knows more than me. When you take a hair transplant, they put you on a medication, uh, you have minoxidil and finasteride. So if you wanted to stop your hair receding in its tracks, you take these two compounds. I'm pretty sure finasteride might be the, well, one of them is a lotion you put in your hair, one of them is a pill. Yeah. But it prevents the conversion of something called DHT, which is a type of testosterone. So you could come to the standpoint that most dudes with really high tests go bald, but also dudes that take anabolic steroids tend to go bald, like the mm, rock. Yeah. Um, and people are like, Wait, well, the rock is on steroids. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm rock, the rock's biggest hater, by the way. So we're good. Yeah. So like there's this Shut like up. link between it, but it can, this finasteride monoxidil treatment can lower your testosterone a bit, but right. I've got it on the scoop. I said to my mate, he's quite young, like you boys, he's like 28. I said, did it affect your sex drive? And he said, he's gone from four wanks a day to three. So he's still, <laughs> he's still, he's good, good to go. Good How's he managed it then? How's Liver King managed it? Yeah. <sighs> 
Yeah, man, this guy. Oh, different. no, when this came out, he was like, there like, sorry, guys, I'm on steroids. Everyone was there like, damn, it happened. You know, he's back on. He's I back on. So he, opened, he openly came out going, I proved to my sons that I'm a primal. Uh, I'm going back Jeez. on it. And he said again, TRT, I'm like, bro, you're, bro, you're far from TRT. You're a sub 50 years old heart attack. Yeah. Like, he is revving that engine pretty. He's tuning that motherfucker all the way. Right, so up. wait, he came out doing that whole thing he saying, look, I'm going clean, all that stuff. And now he's just back on it. No, yeah. it'll be because, because he's seen the way his body deteriorates and he just can't couldn't handle it. And he, just, yeah. and he just yeah. fell off a bit. You know? Yeah. Like, so now his video views of fucking tank. The guy, he was doing over a hundred million a year. Re what, what, in views? Oh. Uh, no, no, in revenue. dollars. Yeah. From his uh, supplements. Supplements, stack, yeah, yeah. Convincing it, people that I need a liver. Say, what's it called? But, so this no. again would be a con because you would have bought all the liver supplements in the world. Yeah, and it was just... And then you would have been like... He's not like that because of that. It's because of the steroids. Shit yep. like that is fucking crazy. The liver, liver King was was one of the greatest finesses of our time, man. Yeah. But, but it, it was only a finesse. To, I, I'm sorry. It, I'll be honest with you. If you did buy his shit and you couldn't see that he was juiced to the fucking girls, then it, you got Hang bigger problems than, than getting fit. Them yeah. fucking carnivore diet people on TikTok piss me off so much. Oh, that, that's, that you know what? So I've I've done a few things like as part of my videos to like test them out. Yeah. yeah. I did carnivore for like 21 days. It was actually all right. Like chip, 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 I it. tried it and it was so fucking difficult. I had to can it for me. It's difficult. My missus yeah, hated life. I think I went too far in for some at first time for like something like that. For me, like I, I'm always hungry. I love yeah. eating. It's like how I get happy. Mm. So then mm. I became like three days in, I became like slightly indifferent to food. I was like, man, when it's just steak and eggs and whatever, you're like, yeah. you're not really bothered. Like, like mince meat and shit and stuff yeah, like that. Just, yeah, like I'd have like six eggs for breakfast and then you get pretty bored of food because mm. your options are limited. But then my energy for training was actually all right. I lost loads of fat. I lost like four kilograms in 20 days wow and then uh in the end i got covid and i was like fuck this and i bowl of cereal and then i've ruined my youtube video like that was it i was doing <laughs> oh, it just for the clicks oh right and is, did you ever make the video no i was I like you'd never was, give it another go yeah i'm probably gonna give it another i've got pretty fat on this trip how long do you have to like how long, how long are you yeah. thinking like mom just months? 30 days yeah 30 i'm actually days, yeah. i'm back in australia for a month so i'm actually gonna record maybe five or six videos concurrently yeah like little things like i did 100 press-ups a day for 30 days i went carnival yeah. for 30 days and then I can try and put like little education pieces in the middle of it. Definitely. Like, um, so yeah, I'm just going to do random shit. I sat in a squat five minutes every day for 30 days. Like things that people, if I can create an itch that they're going to scratch, you can tell yeah. I'm fucking yeah. honest now. Yeah. No, I've yeah. Got you boys yeah, are five yeah, yeah. years younger with five times the fucking sub Yeah, we've man. been doing this shit way too long now. Do, do you ever get 15. tired? Do you ever get like burnt out to the point that you're like, fuck this? All the time. Switch it up though. All the time, yeah. yeah. It, it's so no matter the style, I, but that, that's one of the biggest things that it was actually. Uh, I went for dinner with my mum last night, and she asked me like the exact same question. She was like, "Do you not ever just get burnt out?" And I was like, "When when, when you were going for ten years, right? The biggest fear when when like I guess I first burnt out was that like, oh my god, everything's gonna fall apart, mm. and it just never does mm. because it, you, you come back. You know, you could take. I, I took six months off. I just didn't post, and then I came back, and yeah, like I completely changed the way my content was, but I still knew how to make a, a good video at the time it was considered a good video looking back on that well but at the time so that's that's the biggest thing is like yes you will get burnt out anybody that says they don't get burnt out Liar. it's just cat. like you do get burnt out it's just about understanding that it's not the end of the world do what you need to do and then come back fresh mind and then just when you've got no good ideas it's depression yeah, yeah. Like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, go through man. it all the time and people Fucking out there awful. are like how can you say that because you know my dad just died. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I'm still entitled to feel shit. Yeah, you know, yeah, right? yeah. Just because no one's died in my life, let me feel shit. And you're in there in your nice house and everything else. But you're like, you feel like your worth as a creator is diminished. And the more you try and force it, you're just stumbling around the house, kicking things like, and then when the idea comes, you, like you say, you know, when you said you have to go all in. 
I made up so many excuses why I wasn't posted on YouTube. I was like, oh yeah, I'm a Facebook guy or I'm an Insta guy. But I just wasn't willing to do the work. But when you get into it and you start really becoming obsessed with it, it takes up your whole life. Yeah. And then the, just everything about it, then the audio is not good enough in a clip and it's your, your day is fucked. You're like, I can't believe we fucked that clip. Mm. Yeah. No, it, it, but I, I think from there, it, it then does turn into a business and it's all about building the right team to ensure that when you do go through these burnouts, a lot of that, that weight on your shoulders is actually spread out across three or four people. Yeah. Do you ever go back and look at your old stuff? Old stuff. I Not really. Both of you. Uh, I, I, find mean, it, I find it inspiring to go back and, you know, you have the popular tab and yeah. you go oldest. Like, I like to see where people began. Yeah. Like, Chip, your ideas are sick. Yeah. Chip, I will like, go back and watch all videos and see like the go-karting videos I watched the first year's one then I watched the second year's one and I'm like this is a year gap and the level of his production is insanely different like yeah. it's so much better but I'm proud of where I come from and the first video is still Definitely. sick to me but that's how you grow and get better like I, I know the third year one will be it'll blow there'll be no better video in the year in my opinion I sometimes go through unlisting them because I'm ashamed of where I was like a year ago. I've done I've done that a few times to be fair. Yeah, and I'm like, I feel I'm like, like you shouldn't know. Yeah, I'm, but yeah, there's like a there's a both sides of it. But then yeah. I watch it and I'm like, you're an embarrassment. Yeah, you started a video without a hook, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh man, yeah. that's the least of my fucking problems. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's though, a weird it? one. It's like. But I also don't like the idea of like, okay, so you get like the hook part and there's a big psychology to, to making a YouTube video now. But at the same time, I'm there like, fuck, if everyone just follows the same formula, we end up with just like the same type of video all the time. And so I look back, like, I mean, the most standout thing for me is when I look back and they're like, the title and the thumbnail here is, like, I'll put vlog day three. Like that was a title. But back <laughs> that then, was that though. was just what it was. Like yeah. there was no concept of having a good title and thumbnail. Um, and then now it's all about, okay, you have to have a hook. And so sometimes, yeah. you know, I'll think, okay, we'll have a hook in this one. And then there'll be other videos where I'm like, it just doesn't suit it. Like, I don't care that, 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 that it needs it. It ruins the vibe of the video. If this is yeah. supposed to feel like a personal video or like for my 75 hard thing, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to start it with a hook. I want people to click it and then just be like, let's just fucking find out. YouTube's so focused on that nowadays as well. Like if you actually started a video without a hook, it would probably stand out a little bit more than the ones where they're like, well, this is weird. Yeah. Like if Mr. Beast made a video now and it didn't start with like today we're doing this with this golden boat and he did something different. People are like, whoa, but I'm going to see what's going on. Like it's so different. It's nice when you create a video where you just create it for the fun of it and you go, I don't give a fuck if this bounce. I've had so much fun in the creation if 10 people watch it it's yeah, I think that was you and the go, the first go-kart we weren't going to upload that we were doing it for fun it was a 24 hour go-kart race and the idea was go-kart doesn't do well on YouTube but it doesn't we'll, by the way but we'll it film stinks. it and I loved doing go-karting just as a hobby and I was like look we'll film it we'll just see how the day ends up we finished it all and everyone enjoyed it so much we were like we know that content is going to be good so I said, we sent it away editor was like let's please make this I was like right we'll make it let's see how the video is and it fucking banged. Yeah. Because we all enjoyed it so much. You can see when you watch the video, these guys it, having the it best time It, does, it doesn't follow like the, the, the standard YouTube rules. No. And the moment that people see, and we've even noticed it with like, uh, when we're doing our fellas videos and we travel to like Amsterdam or we go to wherever, mm. it doesn't follow conventional. It's not like a good holiday versus bad, bad holiday. Yeah. Like, the, the stuff that should No bang, story beats. We literally call it, what do, what do we call the Amsterdam one? The fellas get drunk in Amsterdam with WTS. 24, 24 hours, something like that. And people, the videos do so well because they're watching it and they're like, these guys are just having a sick time. Yeah. There's no challenge very to the relatable, video. Like, it's just like getting pissed. Like, oh, I yeah. wish I was in this friend group. I wish I was with these boys, but I'm here watching on YouTube. It's close enough. Yeah. That's so relatability. Well. And again, that's, that's what you were talking yeah. about. Saying that. I think relatability for me at least has got to be up there in terms mm. of value. And have you found like, imagine 
if someone was to see Chris Hemsworth in like a pub, they'd be like, oh my God, that's Chris Hemsworth. Whereas yeah. you boys, they're like, lads, how's it going? Yeah. Like, yeah. And then they're like, oh shit, yeah. sorry, I've never met you before. They're like, well, so, some never get to that. We've never met you before. And it can be really like off-putting and really like- <laughs> You're there with like food yeah. in your mouth. Like, and they, it's yeah. just like, they you actually know, like, they know you for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, well, they, yeah, they listen so to nice the podcast. You're like, do yeah. I introduce myself? Yeah. Hi. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> They yeah. come over, you're calling you all your nicknames and shit. It's like, damn, like, I never met him. But Bro, he feels like he's known me forever. So it is cool yeah um but yeah no look really appreciate you coming on today uh how long have we been chatting for i feel like it's two that hours was a, two hours yeah, was a good one, man. yeah. you know the, the good ones are when they go on for a while and you didn't go for anything on the board either <laughs> no, no. i didn't even look wait, at the wait, board. Wait, what, what do we, we have a few well, bits I, I, left fat know, people well, do, what do we got do you know what, the uh, one thing that i was expecting whether or not it'd be the hit piece with the prime videos yeah but like like if ksi if, if he is watching this double down on your energy drink all right, so, yeah. yeah so this is what i said i love i i i don't mind the 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 prime hydration it's, it's a bit too sweet for me i told him this but i feel like in america they love like that sweet flavor mm. but the energy drink is actually called oh it's like, i love it gets me pinging around the room like, as well, man. without slandering it the hydration one's just a bit poo because it's not a hydration uh -huh. beverage they got their electrolytes <laughs> the wrong way around but i don't understand if you're working with two of the biggest creators in the world you wouldn't have someone in there that understands how a hydration beverage works but i know your boys so that's it I, no. they, they I watched your video on it. I'm sure he's probably seen it as well. So okay, if you want to say anything to him, you're more than welcome to. Right. He doesn't take it personally. We'll go down the lens. Yeah. Just change your formula. You've already got the brand. You've already got the exposure. Change your sodium and potassium levels around. Dial down the sweetness a bit for the UK market. Make it less about Coke. Watch the video that Derek made. Tell Logan off for calling him a virgin. Because right. that... Do you see this? No, 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 no. no so, Joe more plates, more dates. Derek? No, so, I've heard of him. Not, he's like the fucking smartest guy on YouTube, right? That any breakdown surrounding like any compound, any steroid, liver kings, dose, whatever. He's like a pharmacist. Yeah. But oh, he's wow. like, he's, a, he's been a big that. boy. So anything goes down, he comments on it and you listen to him because he's okay. the G. But then he critiqued the formulation of the hydration beverage, which is, which is cool. Yeah. Legit. But then uh, Logan Paul called him a virgin. So he did a two hour 40 breakdown of why Prime is shit. But like he oh, went in. Two hours 40? Two hours 40. That's fucking no. It's got, that's crazy. It's got hundreds of thousands of views. Have a little look, right? <laughs> yeah. On, uh, on YouTube. But Wait, like, was, it, was he slandering it or was it more like no, constructive? constructive? What's his name again, yeah. sorry? More plates, more dates. More right. plates. Um, yeah, there you go. And then if you type in Prime. I just saw the first thing was penile. Gone. So you see. Um, two hours 40. Logan Paul called me a virgin. How many views? Uh, 1.3 oh, million. Oh, wow. It cooked. The title, Logan Paul called my me a virgin. My most hydration. comprehensive hydration dismantle ever. Interesting. Like, that's a hit piece. Yeah. yeah. But the energy one, everyone's crying about it being 200 milligrams. They've got a, a good defense. For kids, caffeine of that amount is absolute no-go. But in Europe and the, uh, Australia, it's about 110, 120. So they've actually put it out in lower amounts. Yeah. If they're getting a 200 milligram can here, it's been imported by a shop. Yeah, why, yeah, why, yeah. What, why is the American version 200? And uh, they don't give a fuck over that. 200 milligrams. So the, for it? the average human consumption for adults is about 400 milligrams. You can go up to. If okay. you have a scoop yeah, pre-workout, it's like 350. Okay. So like, I do feel like they're getting inversely slammed for the energy one yeah where like if they change the formulation the hydration one it's got legs with the energy one it's just an energy drink the issue is people perceive their market as being mostly children or young people but the, the thing people need to realize here standing up for ksi is that if you look at his audience you look through the the age groups he's actually got a bigger audience over 20 than most fucking creators in the world. It's yeah. just not the majority of his audience. But when you've got fucking t over 10 million subscribers, even if 
2% of them were over 20, you could still bring out a beverage for the older cohort of people. People just kind of misinterpret it. Like, if you want to go after KSI, go after the way he smacks, talks shit to Tommy Fury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough watch. Have you, have I, you I been, told him that one. You've been in the DMs with him, like, bro, come on. No, well, we got the group chat. I put, I, I, he did, like, that stream the other day with was Aiden Ross. One? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, an anime character. video was funny as well. He but we, he he just loves that he loves being fucking yeah. weird like that's yeah. how he sells shit right? is this his, is, it, is it a bit satire a, a little bit but he just he just knows that people are going to talk about it like he is a genius for this shit like Always that's not how he is when when we're going for dinner and shit like that Very that's not him but he just knows how to get people talking he's not then. saying he can see john cena at Hawksmoor. no no yeah or what was the other he knows victoria's secret yeah oh, fuck me one. um but with, with the with the prime stuff yeah because i watched your video on the um on the hydration drink and I think you're right in the sense that surely now that they have the audience there, they've, they've, they've got the people there making small tweaks to these things. I mean, maybe, maybe we're just making it sound a lot easier than it is, but I mean, you're going through it with, with your own beverage now. Um, but uh, making those small tweaks to genuinely make it healthier or whatever it is, um, that shouldn't be too much of a problem. And then with the, with the caffeine stuff uh, on the energy drink, I, I drink the energy drinks all the time. I, ha I have some of the hydration stuff, but it's I, I more treat it instead of like a hydrated drink, just like a drink. Like, oh, I need something that's sweet. I'll have, a, I'll have a drink of that. But the energy drink genuinely is a good energy drink um, in terms of getting me fucking amped up to do something. Pre-workout, something like that. Yeah, I think it's just the like unnecessary critiques. You have a can of Monster that's like 160. There's more caffeine in Monster. And I know it's weird here that you've got to be of age to fucking buy it from Tesco's or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that they should double down on that or maybe just put like a fucking over 18 sign on the front of the can it's well it is over six, in the uk in order to buy an energy drink in order to buy a red bull you have to have I'll be id ID'd people be yeah, ID'd. so i don't really i don't really get that um that thing but i'm not gonna lie sometimes i do uh i do ask them to send me the 200 milligram one because that shit is yeah cool. when we got simon shoots and they'll have them and i'm and like have them yeah. there and the <laughs> crack that one open pinging all around the room yeah james the um pre-workout drinks i watched your video on the prime energy and there was a chemical that you said in a lot of the pre-workout that makes you itchy beta alanine yeah so i've had pre-workout and that's the reason i hate it because i think i tried the c4 Bef like, as my first they've got it in the cans as well the beta yeah. alanine yeah. and I hated the itchiness why does it do that What's the... I believe beta alanine improves your performance especially in like a, a aerobic or anaerobic capacities I can't remember off the top of my head it has something to do to influence like the pH balance of the muscle to stop it turning acidic I think that right. could be basically it helps you perform more Got Matt it. Fraser the guy who was like the fittest man on earth he yeah, was on Rogan his uh, documentary yeah and he, yeah. he said like beta alanine it's like his secret weapon and like beta alanine fucking went up but yeah so it's in there as an ingredient because it's very efficacious it's very good but some people like the itches they're like going into the gym like mm, yeah. Yeah, fuck. yeah but it, it makes you feel like shit especially if you're going to have a drink that's just to help you like edit something what sort of stuff uh, supplement wise are you would you recommend or that, that you take okay first one creatine yeah so like that. most studied most undervalued as far as what, what do you think about the claims of hair loss with creatine I, I don't know how substantiated they are i just openly say i don't know enough yeah i'd be able to give you a definitive answer uh, but if you're going to turkey anyway yeah fuck it and what is it 5g a day or uh probably yeah 5g maybe even a little bit more for, for lads your size five grams probably fine i always yep. go a little bit of overkill just in case um <laughs> yeah. But that'll help you with the performance. Also, it's used uh, from a standpoint of cognitive health. So I'm pretty sure they're giving it to people with like Parkinson's and dementia. Cool. And it's looking promising there. And it's something you create exogenously anyway. So it's yeah. just more of it. Then some like 
uh, meat eaters are like, you can get enough from meat, but you'd have to eat crazy amounts of meat. So there's creatine there. Uh, as far as supplements, like the nootropic thing is obviously something that gets me buzzing. There's some in what, this. What, so what is nootropics exactly? A cognitive enhancer would be the easiest right. way to probably say it. So mm. like a performance enhancer for your brain. Because when you have caffeine, it stimulates you. But some people don't actually respond to caffeine that well. But then some of the um, nootropics in here help with like stress-induced fatigue. The cognizant helps with memory recall. And then there's Rodilio Rosea, which is a very popular one, like Ferris and Huberman talk about it a lot, where... Uh, there was a study done on NHS uh, night shift workers, nurses and doctors, and they made less mistakes when they were taking Rodilio Rizzo. Uh, ones that aren't in my drink conveniently would be uh, lion's mane. Uh, you were saying about the uh, cordyceps, you say? Yeah, yourself? cordyceps. The lion's mane one, I've started like trying to do like an unbiased 30-day thing on it. I'm not sure how much I've noticed a difference so far, but I've been traveling. Uh, Alpha GPC is one that's in like your ghost energy drinks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. more of like an American-based one. But my business partner in Oz is cranking it and he's loving it. Right. So like, I think for a lot of people, uh, for instance, I struggle with paying attention to things. Like if I'm, in, if I'm interested in it, I can do it all day. Like in the edit, I could be in Premiere Pro for like two hours. But if you want me to engage in a conversation I don't care about, I'm just yeah. not there. So like for me, I just said off air a minute ago, like productivity I feel is going to be the new fitness where you get your health and fitness under control and you actually find like a healthy balance between gym and training but not being obsessed. The next area of your life to crank on is how much you can get out of the day as far as brain power. Love mm. that. So that's why creatine will help you with your muscle power and your strength. Now we're going to move into a world of people wanting to get the most out of their brain. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I totally definitely. agree with that. I, I got... Um, Looking at... Do, do, have you ever tried ashwagandha? Um, that is in the Sigma one. I'm pretty sure yeah. that the, the other one there. So yeah, Ashwagandha and Tonka Ali put together. I've had it probably not long enough to notice a, a difference, a difference yeah. but there are people out there that have been taking it for years and there's actually a website called, um, examine.com. So you can go to examine.com, type in any product you want and it will show you the levels of research to back up its claims. Oh wow, so that's fucking genius. And it will say like what they were studying for and how strong the effect was in the studies. So it'd be like, highly effective or barely notable or anything like that so anytime this is not my website or anything yeah, yeah, yeah. that runs it so i if people ask me a question i'm just like examine.com then i pretend i knew the whole time right 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 oh shit that's Look super interesting hmm. yeah no because I, I that's my biggest thing is that people are always throwing like these yeah. curveball things that you like for example like so or whatever and i'm there like well. yeah but is this just another fucking like trend thing that people are going to jump on so it's good to know if there's a place where there's genuine like medical studies mm. done to to back up what they claim i guess um but yes thank you very much for coming on yeah thank uh, you, man. It's been uh, good. like like you said uh, in our first attempt at signing off uh the the way to find you is just through james smith believe it or not that chip did say that's pretty cold that if you are the first person to pop up when you type in james smith yeah. and if i'm not don't you, deserve, a, yeah. don't deserve you don't deserve gonna, it work harder but yeah. you are so you've done a good job get, get, get yourself to the top all right guys thank you very much for listening what do they need to do chip uh give us five stars on spotify follow the reddit which is r slash fellas podcast and subscribe to the YouTube. And I'm pretty sure that's it. And become healthier, you fat... Fat shaming? Yeah, are we fat shaming? Yeah, we Fuck it, why not? Comes from a place of love, dark and tough. Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. Yeah, we don't want them to be unhealthy. Yeah, we don't want you to die of a heart attack pre-50. All right, guys, take it easy. Have a good one, and we'll see you all there. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.